All right, welcome. We are live. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Show this out, show this out, show this out. Right? It's Friday night, Law of One. Right? Reese, welcome. If you're out there in the uh, chat, say hello so I know you're here. Otherwise, I just see a number and I don't know who's here. Right? So, show this out. Last week, we got through session seven question five and then the app crashed on me <laughs> right casey welcome denise welcome uh, and then so i just kept talking anyway but uh, i still haven't gotten a new program but we're still going to use the same one that i was using and uh, i'm still fishing and i i, I just haven't decided yet to uh, pay the money for dragon speak um, although i might i might end up doing that uh, not that I have to worry about it, uh, uh, you know, being a tax write-off because I don't have to file taxes. I don't ever owe the money to the government. I've only had to file taxes twice in my entire life. Actually, once and twice, if you count the same year I had to file for federal and for state. That's it. Otherwise, I don't pay the government anything. They owe me money. So uh, I only have to file if I want my money back. And these days, I'm on Social Security. So um, that's untaxable because it's, it's government money it came from me. <laughs> they already used it. <laughs> right. Casey, thank you for sharing this out. I guess I could turn that overlay off. Well, hold on a second. I get that overlay on still. I turn that off. Don't need that on. All right. So you can see me down the bottom corner there. Okay. So love one. We're on question 7.6 this week. Right. And we'll go ahead and, and continue on with that. They're talking about uh, numbers. Remember, we got into that. We talked about um, last week. If you didn't see last week, you might want to go back uh, and take a look at that. Um, oh, guys, make sure. Wait, I got to turn this back to comments over here. Make sure those of you who are in the class chat, somebody share that to the class chat, please, so that everybody else that's in there that may not be following Orion Rising or following me, but they're in the class chat, they'll know that it's going on right now, and then they, you can hit the link and they come over. Because a lot of the people who who joined this uh, uh, chats are, are not yet following me as far as I know. And uh, they're like, where's the, when do you go live and where's that? I'm like, okay, so they saw this on the events calendar, but didn't click on it and go there. I'm not sure somehow they found out about it. Maybe it's just on messenger and they don't have uh, uh, internet or they, I don't know what, right. <laughs> but they don't seem to know where Orion rising is yet. They're on uh, the law of one chat for the class, which means they had to have, found the events calendar and clicked on it when they were looking at the events on Facebook. I'm just saying, right? Thank you for that. So and I, I just, uh, I never have time to do that. So if, if any of you are new, welcome, and you should go back and watch the previous classes. Okay, so they were talking about numbers. Remember, if you were here last week, you remember that I was uh, telling you about um, the, uh, some of the, you know, I talked forever, but I was telling you about how individually we count for a lot more than we think. And the, the uh, uh, concerted effort by evil is to make you think that you're only one person, you're diminished and you're tiny, and they're so much more big and strong and powerful than you are, and you could never go against the machine because it would just consume you. And at any time, we could just kill you off because we're the government and we're in charge wherever you're at, right? And that's what they want you to believe. So they put you into this fear place, right, where you're living in fear. And, uh, and here Ra's talking about the, the, the significant number for each individual person. 
And you have to remember that this was back, the numbers that you're hearing about were because he's going to talk about uh, hundreds of thousands of people now. But you have to remember, this was in 1981. The population of this earth was 2.2 billion people. That's all. We are now at 7.9 billion people on the earth. Okay. So back then, he and, and they were, were saying, that and you'll see that 300 and some odd thousand i don't have my glasses on 392 i think it says I have my glasses on 300 or no 632,000. 632,000 souls are reaching out to raw alone okay and that's those some of those people are reaching out to raw from the religion that is the the uh the egyptian religion do you understand that it's not just and that's what Raw here claims coming up in the next question and answer session right here. Uh, the next question is, is that personally, Raw, they have in, in when there's only 2.2 billion people, more than a half million people were trying to contact them personally, not just reaching out to anyone in the universe, not reaching out going, God help me, just Raw. Okay. So you have to realize that. But first of all, 632,000 compared to 2.2 billion is kind of a significant number of people that realize, understand they're stuck and they're reaching out for help just to raw alone. So you have to realize that fact, and you'll see that as we go. But I wanted to preface that with that in case you remembered last time, because if you look on the screen, you can see where he said, you know, 1,012, and you know, that number. Uh, and you remember that that was where we stopped in, in the in the questioning ended there. And of course, the the app, uh, the, the uh, program decided to close, probably because I hadn't been over there. I'm wondering if that's what it is, if I don't uh, acquire it at times out. Uh, so I've, I've left it on now for like a half an hour. And about every five minutes or so, I go back and, and move my cursor so that it uh, it does something on the program. And that might be what it is. So I'll just have to keep an eye on that and, and put my cursor up there. Okay, so, or if I just shut up and play that, it won't be so bad, right? So you have to realize that, you know, 300 or, or it is 632,000 people compared to 2.2 billion. And now we're at 7.9, 7.8, almost 7.9 billion, almost 8 billion people on the planet. So you know that number is exponentially higher. And that's just calling out to raw, not to mention calling out to the universe itself, God. Some people are atheists, and how many different religions have different names for different gods, and that they're calling out to that deity, not or not this whole I'm calling out to the entire universe thing, right? So that's not really explained here. At least I don't think it is. We'll find out as we go. But but they, but Ra says they're calling to us personally, right? So that's you know that's that's kind of something to think about. Even that's a great number, and that's not the that's not because because. Uh, uh, at this point, Dawn is trying to figure out the math. What does that mean, squared? And we just covered that. Uh, so if this many souls call out, what does that count as? And he, I don't think he really answers that, but he kind of did with the mathematics. And we got into that, and I did a half an hour, or almost 45 minutes just on that math. So I'm not going to recover that. Okay. Thank you. Reese shared it as well. Thank you. And you guys can feel free to share this anywhere that you want to share it on any platform on uh, wherever right to get it out there so we we have people uh welcome peter so we have people uh, that you know might tune in okay uh, for those people who are who are, need to or want to right all right so let me go ahead and i'm going to turn uh, me off and go in full screen here because you guys don't need to see me right 
move my glasses on so I can actually read this when we start. So I know where we're at here. Got to put on my reading glasses. And okay, so I'm going to go ahead and and go over here and uh, start this, and we'll continue. Like I said, um, so you hear, you know, the the confederation in its entire spectrum, just the confederation. Right, divinities and complexes called by 632,000. So just the confederation that is here, right? So 352,000 were, were uh, I am called personally. Okay, so let me correct that now that I have my glasses on and I'm looking at the screen and I can read it, right? So let me correct that. So raw, personally, they uh, had 352,000 people just reaching out to them, but 632,000 humans on this planet were reaching out to the confederation. Not to mention who's just reaching out to anybody in the universe. So, and this was in 1981. So you have 352,000 people reaching out to Raw, 632,000 people reaching out to the Confederation, right? So, the, so obviously those aren't counted and glumped in. So it's not like half of them are calling to Raw and the other half are calling to the Confederation. So right there you have a, a, a million people in 1981 out of the 2 billion, so that's like 10% of the population that are calling out just to raw and just to, not to mention how many are calling out to Jesus, how many are calling out to Yahweh, how many are calling out to, you know, whatever, how many are calling out to Moses, how many are calling out to uh, David, how many are calling out to, you know, all the other prophets from all the other religions, including Mohammed, right? So how many, how many people are praying to these gods if you have the confederation, which none of the people that are there are represented by any of the gods on earth, except Ra, and Ra personally has 352,000 uh, people in 1981 out of the 2.2 billion reaching out for help because they, they realize they're stuck or their soul does. 632,000 people reaching out to the confederation saying, I, I need some help, and they sense the Confederation is nearby. How many people are reaching out to that don't sense any of this, and they're reaching out to the universe itself out of the 2.2 billion in 1981? See, so the number is exponential, and it has to be greater. I would suggest it's somewhere around uh, 4 million people out of 2 billion people uh, are reaching out in, in 1981. And you have to remember, let's think back, those of you who are alive, Think back to 1981 and think about yourself in, in television and everybody that you heard uh, talking. How many of those people would you consider awake in any way compared to how many people you know are awake now? The numbers were staggering just 40 years ago. Right. And, you know, and, and that's insane. So the so the numbers are are far greater now. And I would say there's probably a couple of billion or more people reaching out for help. In fact, I would assume that, honestly, because when we did the calculations uh, for how many people we think are wanderers that are on this planet, it's a couple of billion, right? So the wanderers themselves are going to be calling out for more help as well. Why? Because that's what we're here to do. We're here to help. So why would we not also be calling out, hey, these people are stuck. Anyone else that can hear this? Calling all cars, calling all cars, right? Agent 86, where are you? Car 54, where are you? And get everybody down here. Do you see my point? So so that's exponentially insanity. Uh, so there's got to be more. That, it's probably double that. So it's probably closer to 3 or 4 billion out of the 7 billion. So we're looking at almost half of the entire human race. And each one of us counts as, as 10, per, 10 times our numbers. 
and and but yet the, everything all the programming wants to keep you in fear every single thing that is programming in the in the world including all everything on every internet platform is designed to make you first of all keep your attention and distract you uh, away from spirituality completely by giving you a hundred million things to look at and then it's addictive and then they give you pop-up windows and all this other stuff to keep you how many times have you been playing on your on your smartphone or on the computer or on a tablet and you started playing around and you looked up at the clock and went, oh my god i've been sitting here for like an hour two hours that happens really quickly that's the purpose of all of that stuff okay so I'm going to go ahead and continue here before I end up going off on a tirade, right, into something else. So I am going to go ahead and continue here. And then, like I said, uh, and like I always say, you know, I am live. So ask questions. Those of you who are listening on the MP3 file, uh, you're not, unfortunately, live. So you, there's no chat for you to talk to. But everybody else that's here live, make sure if you have questions, ask questions. I will pause and answer your questions. All right. So here we go. This is uh, the law of one. Uh, session six, question number, I'm sorry, section seven, session seven, question number six, and this took place in 1981. So here we go. Question 7.6 questioner about how many entities at present are calling from planet Earth for your services. Answer RA, I am called personally by 352,352,000. The Confederation in its entire spectrum of entity complexes, is called by 632,632,000,000 of your mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complexes. These numbers have been simplified. Question, 7.7 questioner, can you tell me what the result of the application of the law of squares is to those figures? Answer, RA, the number is approximately meaningless in the finite sense as there are many, many digits. However, constitutes a great calling which we of all creation feel and hear as if our own entities were distorted towards a great and overwhelming sorrow. It demands our service. Question, 7.8 questioner, at what point would this calling be enough for you to openly come among the people on earth? I wanted to stop there for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, because he was talking about sorrow right there, but I also wanted to say hello to everybody that I see in the chat there, right? I said hello to Peter, and then after that, I was on the other question. So, Jeanette, welcome, right? And uh, Finn, yeah, it's been a minute, right? <laughs> Glad to see you back. Jeanette, you're not late, right? Uh, who else did I miss anybody? Jen, right? Jeanette, Jen, hi, 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 guys. So, yeah, right? So, I wanted to admit, you have to remember in the very beginning, because he talks about sorrow right there, right? Uh, and how people feel it as sorrow. I wanted to I wanted to point out that you have to remember that there are those who are the uh, the uh, teaching the law of one, those who are the the brothers and daughters of light, and those who are the brothers and daughters of sorrow and other uh, forms of spirituality. You have to realize that even in a, in a place beyond here, not everything is encompassed into one thing under one roof. So you have people that are and raw is. Uh, a, a chronicle of the law of one, where other people are a chronicle of the law of light, other people are the law of love, other people are the, the brothers and sisters of sorrow. This was in the beginning. Raw said that. So you have to realize that, that but people are imp empaths. When you're, in fact, even humans are here, we just ignore it. We teach ourselves not to, uh, to feel other people's stuff. 
we're always pushing that away because we don't want to. Well, eventually what happens is once you leave here, um, that becomes natural for you not to. And uh, because of things like this, and that's why he made a they, here I go again with the vernacular, uh, they, not he, right? People get mad, right? It's not he or she, it's them, them or they. Well, it would be perfect for me to, to say that now. And the reason I'm saying that it has nothing to do with people with their gender pronouns, right? However, my gender pronoun would be accurate by saying they anyway, but it is they because it is not a person. It is an entire species. And uh, so they are also uh, suggesting that once we leave here, we're more open to the feelings of other people. And when we hear people that are stuck saying that they're stuck, we feel their sorrow. And that's another reason because of uh, because of infinite love and infinite wisdom, just those two categories. Once you get out of here and then, uh, uh, you know, the the no longer separation of of uh, of past, present and future, then you tend to be a little bit more emotional and you then tend to uh, want to answer if you are in service to others. Right. So I wanted to stop there and point that out really quickly. So the question here in 7.8 is what. At what point would this calling be enough for you to openly come among the people of Earth? How many entities on Earth would have to call the Confederation? All right, so let's continue. How many entities on Earth would have to call the Confederation? Answer, R.A., I.M.R.A. We do not calculate the possibility of coming among your peoples by the numbers of calling, but by a consensus among an entire societal memory complex which has become aware of the infinite consciousness of all things. This has been possible among your peoples only in isolated instances. In the case wherein a social memory complex which is servant of the Creator sees the situation and has an idea for the appropriate aid which can only be done among your peoples, the social memory complex desiring this project lays it before the Council of Saturn. If it is approved, quarantine is lifted. Question 7.9 Questioner, I have a question here, I believe, about that council from Jim. Who are the members, and how does the council function? Sorry, the, he started to answer that, and I thought I hit pause and I didn't. So I wanted to pause before he answered that, but I'll let it go in just a second. So if there's a group of us who come from somewhere else and we go to the council and we've heard the call and we want to come down on earth, the council has to approve it. You don't just get to show up here and go, here I come to save the day, right? Because there's a quarantine now. So because of that, we can't just, no one can. And I, and the, I, the reason I stopped it there is because last week I made the comment and a lot of people said, well, wait a minute, where's the, where's the proof of that when I said, and it was either last week or the week before. The last couple of weeks, I had made the statement of being under quarantine. I think it was last week because they were talking about the quarantine. Uh, being under quarantine in that uh, most of what we think we're seeing UFOs is, in fact, not. It's, in fact, from this planet. So when the government says to you that's not an unidentified flying object, or now they use the, the vernacular UAP, uh, unidentified uh, aerial phenomenon, it's because they're telling you the truth. They're not lying to you. It's not a spaceship with aliens in it. And if it is, it's a spaceship with people that are not from, that are, that are not indigenous to Earth, but that doesn't mean that they don't live here. Or 
it's the Draco who have been here longer than we have. Okay, the, the Dragonian race has been on this planet for uh, a, a couple of billion years longer than the human race. They've just lived inside the planet. Okay, so people don't want to know about that. That's the legends of all the dragons that are around the world. It's the dragon people. It was the lizard people. That's the Draconians. And so there's where you get the legends of going into caves and killing the dragons is caves there were entrances to to their world and people going there and killing probably one of their guards right and then and then saying you know bringing it back and showing because they're a lot bigger than we are right some of them are 14 feet tall 14 to 18 feet tall that's a dragon you have to realize that so all these stories where people say dragons aren't real the ones that they were talking about and then the dragons are flying in the sky well yeah they have spaceships they had the, the ability to fly. So people think that, well, there was a dragon with wings and it flew because somebody drew a picture. We now know, and in, in science, people tell you that when they draw like when you see the Anunnaki and they have wings, those people didn't have wings attached to their back. That was a depiction that was because they didn't write words to tell you the story of pictures. So they drew in there, and when they drew wings on a person, it was known throughout the world that meant they have the ability to fly. Okay? So there's a lot of things that go on in our history that gets lost because no one understands the esoteric language any longer, which everyone did know. And why is that? Because it was eradicated by the people who didn't want you to understand it. Okay? So when they, when they wrote the spirals, everybody knew what that meant because it was taught. When, when you saw a picture of the Anunnaki and they, had, and they had the little purse in their left hand and they had watches on their arms and they had a little pine cone in their right hand and they had wings on, all of that was discernible by most humans forever until the modern age when all of that was eradicated from the memory of the human race and then we rediscovered it you have to realize that the majority of everything we have we have only discovered in the last 200 years anything else that we knew about history came out of scotland and ireland in the books that the scottish and the irish and the scrolls that the scottish and the irish stole at, before they got burned, when they were burning the, the world down. First, they burned the, uh, the Alexandria and all of that information. Then the, the Romans stole as much as they could and took it back. That's why uh, you hear people now saying, truthfully, when they burned Alexandria, there was nothing in there but documents that had to do with business and finance. All of the history was stolen away by the Vatican, which it was. I'm a Roman Catholic, uh, uh, you know, Irish Roman Catholic uh, Irishman, a Roman Catholic, and a knight, knighted by that church. So I have an idea. I don't know everything because nobody knows everything. Come on, let's be serious. I'm not the Pope. But I have an idea of, of what they have under the Vatican, what they did have. Some of it's not there anymore. You get to know this stuff. And anybody who is also a Temple Knight or a, a Freemason, especially a 33rd degree Freemason, they'll tell you the same thing. There's certain knowledges that we gain when we become knighted, okay? 
It comes with the territory because some of us have that knowledge that we're passing down. Some of the knowledge belongs to these people that are passing it down. Okay, so the Vatican stole all the stuff that they wanted to keep because they still wanted to teach the memory of what was going on. And one of those memories that was stolen from us was the fact that there are Dracos, there are other races that are living on and in this planet, in the water, under the ocean, under the underground, in the catacombs, underneath the earth. There's an entire species of a draconian. There's more than one, by the way. There's, from what I hear, there's seven species of Dracos currently living on this planet, draconians, or I should say in. And, they, and they're flying around. Most of the technology that the human race has came from the draconian race. Not all. Because there's also gray aliens that are also living underground. Okay? On this planet. In this planet. All right. So you need to realize that. So so if, if, you, if they count, like if we count the human race as countries... There's more than one human race on this planet. There's hundreds. If they count the draconians the same way and the greys the same way, there's hundreds of those each. Okay. If they separate by distinction in DNA like we do, you know, America, Russian, German, Swedish, oh, they're completely, you know, they're different because they are in some respects different. Right, like Swedish women are probably the best-looking women on the face of the earth. My opinion, my opinion. Don't don't everybody hate all at once. Right, I love that blonde-haired, blue-eyed women, especially when they're the lighter the skin and the and the and the paler the eyes. That ice blue, it's just it's just me. But I love all women anyway. I have a thing for that, and I love and I love brown. It just depends on my mood. Right, brown-haired women, black-haired women, brown-eyed women. But ultimately, I'm realizing the older I get that I'm, I've always been attracted, more attracted to blonde-haired, blue-eyed women than any other race. I used to always joke about that and go, people say, what's your type? I'm like, well, the next one, you know. What's my type? That girl over there, the one I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I said, we're all beautiful. I, you know what? My, my buddy went to Israel, and he said the same thing. He said, the Jewish people are fucking beautiful. Ever, even the men are beautiful. He says, everybody over there is just beautiful. You have no idea. And then he went to Sweden and said the same thing. Oh, my God, these Viking women are beautiful. Every one of them. There's no one that's ugly. The ugliest one is better looking than most people where we live. We're mutts. And he laughed. Okay. So let me get away from that. So you have to realize that the council has this place under lockdown and quarantine. And they are flying around the edges and they're standing watch all the way around in a bubble and nobody gets in. And there is an actual bubble. There is an actual shield, okay? And there's multiple shields. And I know this from uh, from on-world and off-world. Uh, and people don't realize that. There's a lot of that. There's also, and this, some of the people know about this. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little bit of, uh, of history now, okay? I don't know what you guys know about aliens and the weird stuff that goes on there, but I don't know if you guys have heard of the Tungunga Blast of 1909 that is over in russia up in the forest in russia and in fact raw talks about that somewhere in here so we'll get to it eventually and i'll go see here it is so one of the spacecraft that is patrolling our planet okay 
had something happen to it and it was malfunctioned and it was going to blow up their reactor something happened to the reactor that was running the ship and it was going to blow up so they were trying to crash on the earth and they made a decision they're calling mayday mayday we're going to go down we, we need a place we need a place we can't land uh we need we have to eject and we have to no joke raw talks about this okay and casey i'm going to get your question in a second because that's good that's a good question so that's a really good question casey let me finish this real fast and i'll get into your question that's one of the best questions i've seen in a very long time very astute of you to ask that so the so the the spaceship their aircraft was going to crash and it was going to, and it was going to blow up and it was going to do damage in a populated area so they didn't want to contaminate the ocean because you have to remember there's more life in the ocean than there is on the earth right even to this day so they didn't want to contaminate the water in the ocean so they they weren't close enough to go out in the middle of a desert so they found the most the vastest region that was the furthest away from humans as they could find and they tried to get most of the animals out of there as they could which they did that's why they never found any animal carcasses you can look that up the only thing that they killed was vegetation and trees so they sacrificed those life forms and it blew up before it could land and they blew it up in the air so that it wouldn't do as much damage to the earth as possible and it just did a, a wide range of damage and knocked down trees and, and caught the forest on fire and then that was put out Okay, that's that is covered by raw in the in the law of one at some point. So it's not been recent. It's been for a very long time that there's been a quarantine over this. You have to realize that the Andromedans alone were eight thousand years into the future. Isn't it weird that that's the number that people were talking about, including Gary when he was on the show uh, Osborne on the show a few a few weeks ago on ancient aliens worldwide which i created and still own by the way a little plug you can go there on facebook it's the largest uh, ufo platform on the face of the planet that is not a private website okay i don't get any money from it mark zuckerberg makes all the money from the advertising on there so if there's clickbait on there don't answer it don't click on it i don't need to be paying those people right so they don't have a lot of commercials because we don't allow it but they still have some that are on the side of your page and all that crap so ignore those and don't click on the clickbait when you're on my my uh uh, channel, please. All right. <laughs> so, unless I tell you that's my advertisement, you can click on it. Otherwise, don't do it. It's just there to click and get your money. Okay. And and there are you even though you're not paying for it because you pay for your internet. You guys don't realize this, but every time you click on an ad, even if it's for a second, you go click shit. You go back. Those people get paid for that. They get paid. They get part of the money that you pay your provider. Okay. And then if you buy anything there. They also get paid for that. That's called being an affiliate, right? I was doing that with my website when I, which is taken down right now. You can go there and it'll say it's under construction. And and I was uh, an affiliate with a bunch of different websites, including uh, um, Facebook and including uh, Amazon. So if you went to Amazon and somebody else was an affiliated with me on Amazon, then on their website they had a, a button for you to go to my website and buy something. If you did and you bought something, they got paid part of the uh, percentage of the money that I would make. And I have to pay that to them. It comes right off of my top, my my bottom line before I get it. It comes off of the top and they get paid for it. Same. That's how they make money. People are like, well, I didn't, I'm not paying anybody anything. Yes, you are. Some of the money that you're paying your provider to be on the internet 
because they are their affiliates with these companies. They get paid that way. And Facebook gets paid because they people pay Facebook to have the commercial up uh, a flat rate or a clickbait rate. That's why clickbait is, is uh, up everywhere You because they get paid every time you click on it. Okay. So they blew this spaceship up over Tunguska on purpose. This is this. So it wasn't a, it, people thought it was a meteor and it wasn't. Now, I want to get into this really quickly and I'm going to go to Casey's question. We also, you have to realize this, this was also in Russia. If you know anything about the Russian history, there was a meteor that did fall a large one and it was going to, uh, to do damage uh, to the earth. It was going to smash into our earth and it was going to blow it up. And up out of the ground rose up a machine and fired a freaking plasma weapon, plasma cannon, and it blew this fucking thing into smithereens up in the sky. This has really happened in real life on more than one occasion in more than one place around the world. Okay? And people are like, what the fuck is this? Pardon my English. Pardon my American. What the hell was that, right? So people are like, I, I don't know. They talked about it in Ancient Aliens, the television show. Early on, they got it dropped. The government got it dropped. But early on, if you watch the first three or four seasons, you're going to see them talk about that. And then they never talk about it again because the government doesn't want people to know about that because those anti-aircraft uh, weapons and batteries that are around the planet are here not because of our government, but because of the galactic government which is what we're talking about here okay defending the earth in case there is a real invasion okay so there's all kinds of you have to realize that means there's military bases by the confederation the coalition of planets inside our planet and they're flying around outside so if they get through the blockade if they get through the shield and they get to earth and they have no they don't have permission to be here they're going to be taken out. This happened in history, and they talk about it in the in the Mahabharata in the Bhavdu Magida, and the Germans where there was a war of the gods. Okay, they talk about it. That did happen. People came here physically trying to attack and got their asses kicked the hell off the rock. Okay, all right. So now let me get to Casey's question. I'm going to pop this up on the screen. Uh, so that you guys can see it. And she says, if we are under quarantine from bad entities, no. That's the, that's the, it's the opposite. We're not under quarantine from bad entities. We're under quarantine from good entities. The people that are quarantining us that are the Council of, of Venus are in fact not nefarious. They are in fact protecting us from evil, from the nefarious people who uh, got their feet on the ground here and corrupted this planet. They are no longer here. Okay? And this is what I try to teach people because they, everyone hears the fact that, well, we lost the first temporal war, and now we're fighting a second temporal war. And, and that's the whole corruption of the Matrix movies. And if you watch that video, I'm going to have to find it and link it to you guys that are in the class. There's a video where there was an interview with the guy who wrote the Matrix, and they stole the script from him because it too, told too much of the real truth, and they corrupted it from the beginning. So the movie that was made, all of the movies that were made, 100% of the movies that were made with Keanu Reeves, were in fact 
uh, corrupted. Okay. So, oh, then Casey said, no, 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 I meant to say uh, from uh, uh, quarantine from bad people. Okay. So you were saying from bad, my bad. I read it wrong. You're absolutely right. You did say it right. So we were under quarantine from bad people by good people. So I took that as you were saying uh, under quarantine by bad people. And you said from, I apologize, Casey, because you did write it right. I read it wrong and misunderstood it. Okay. So if we're quarantined, let's reread the question the way it was the way it was intended. If we're under quarantine from uh, by good people from bad entities, how did this stuff in Alaska happen in the movie The Fourth, Fourth Kind? Okay, let's address that. Most of the stuff that happened, okay, first of all, everything that you see happening in The Fourth Kind isn't real. It's all a movie, including all of the dash cams from all the police department and every video that you have in there. That's the first thing that you need to know. That entire process was filmed, and they filmed the stuff that they claim was real uh, footage from the police cams on the dashboards and on their vests. All of that was filmed. Those are all actors. However, it's based on what, what the eyewitnesses had said that something like that did happen. Okay, so let me answer that. We are under quarantine from anyone that is not been welcomed to earth now remember i just told you there are gray aliens who live on this planet there are draconians who live or in this planet draconians that live in this planet okay and then we have the the humans that live on this planet but there's also uh aquatics that were called um oh, what, what did the indians call them the the not indians like native americans but india indians i can't think of the name of them right now naga Okay, so there are fish people as well. This is what uh, that lends the legends to the sirens and to to the uh, 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 mermaids and mermen. It, it, that 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 race is what we Europeans call the mermaids and mermen. And when you get to India, they call them naga. Okay, so there are fish people that live uh, in the water as well. Okay, so you need to realize that. So there, that's just four races that live here, not to mention like the whales and the dolphins, which uh, both have a, a brain larger than we do. Okay, so they, they are sentient and they do have a brain that's larger than our human brain, which means that they're more advanced than we are, even though they swim in the ocean and they don't talk English, Yeah, right? They don't talk any language that we talk. They are more intelligent than we are. So, so they also live here, and do they have travel from one place to another? We don't know. They may choose not to have anything like that. So, right, so Casey said, I watched it after you had mentioned it, Leo, and know that the real footage wasn't real. See, because you watch, if you get the DVD, and you watch the, the special stuff at the end, you get to see the filming of that stuff. However, okay, however, what was that then that was taking place and what are all of these abduction stories that are being uh, taken place? Now, you have to realize, one, it's the people that live in, uh, in or on the Earth that are doing investigations. Some of it's us humans, right? But you also have to realize that there's this confederation. This is what Raw is talking about, the entirety of what we're, we're saying here. And I've left this out until now. The confederation... Or, or what was called originally, which uh, uh, Peter and I, when we left our home worlds and came to Earth 
to uh, chase these people to fight against them. They were called the Orion Crusaders. And throughout time on this planet, they've been called every secret society that you've ever heard of. Okay. And they, depending on where they are and what they need to do, they just create a new little secret society and set up a bunch of humans to do their dirty work and, and take care of their stuff. You have to realize that the people of this planet, first the Germans, in the early 30s, got technology from the draconians. Money, our cash, means absolutely nothing in the universe. Okay? Raw materials, favors, and more importantly, technology, and of course, um, adrenochrome, the drug. That's where all the money is. <clears throat> so, a lot of these people came here with the confederation that came here and said to the people of Earth, there's a really bad alien race out there that are coming to invade you, and we can protect you against them, but we have to be able to come down onto Earth to set up defenses. And then, of course, they went to the United Nations, and the United States government was, at first, uh, didn't agree to it, and that's when you have that flyover uh, of the White House of, of spaceships showing a strength showing the American government, if you don't play ball, we'll just take you out. So the American government then signed on to the deal. They went to the United Nations and the World League, who, who created the United Nations, who are the money and in, in the power behind the throne that were promised to be kings and queens, just like when, uh, when uh, Xerxes sent an emissary to Leonidas in Greece, you will be warlord of all Greece if but you kneel and give us uh, dirt and water, earth and water, okay? We'll let you be the king here, but you answer to Xerxes, the god king. That whole, that whole scenario that was playing out did, in fact, really play out, but it was the microcosm to the macrocosm. Do you understand? So these aliens came here, which or had gobbled up other uh, solar systems, so they were made up of uh, uh, probably 100 different races. And they were let in. They were the vampire that knocked on the door, and they were let in. So now those races are here. This is what we're fighting against. So not only do you have the, the six or seven indigenous races to this world, you now have 100 races that have access to it because we gave them permission to do so. This is why they're trying to get us to believe we're slaves, because if they believe, if we believe we're slaves, we give them permission to be our slave masters. This is why it's so important uh, for you to realize that you're free and that you're not a slave. Okay? And then we have uh, the temporal war, because outside of this timeline, when you go into the fourth dimension, and the fifth, the real one, the place, not the, not the spiritual uh, realm of consciousness, when you go to that place, it's still this, this confederation, these Orion Crusaders are not just in the third dimension. They're in the third and the fourth. So they exist outside of, of the confines of time as well as inside the confines of time. So that means that there's a war that's going on throughout time as well as space. Do you see? So... The stuff that was going on in Alaska and all over the planet where people are being abducted is either our government abducting you or the world government abducting you, or they've sold you, and this is what I know that the American government has done and most of the world the government, sold the rights to 
the human race, a certain percentage of the human race for technology, and these people that were invited here can experiment on you and take your DNA and they can try to use that on themselves. The greys in particular, not all of them, but this one uh, uh, particular race, they don't have souls. They're all machines. Okay? And they're trying to, they, this is the ones that were abducting Whitley Strieber, or Strieber, however you say his name, and he wrote the book Communion. When he asked them, what do you guys want? They said Communion. Why did they say that? Because our DNA is an upgrade. and their AI, okay? And this is the, what the whole temple war is about. The AI that is conscious in the universe is trying to figure out, because they're, they're nefarious, they're evil, they're trying to figure out how they can make the spark of life without converting to be in service to others. That's what the Matrix was about originally, was telling you that story. And then they morphed it into what it turned out to be. And I haven't seen Resurrections yet, but I've seen all the other movies. And they, of course, took the whole idea of the Satan character, and they did the same thing with Star Wars, where they said, you know, wherever there's a, a one a good person, when, a, when, a, when a, a, a Jedi arises, a Sith has to also arise. When a Sith arises, a Jedi will arise because it has to be, there has to be a balance here. So that part is true. So most of what you know or what they based that movie on was, in fact, and the movie's nefarious because the movie depicts it as if it's an alien race coming down here. And that alien race says to her at some point, there's no need for you to pray. But it doesn't sound like that. He's got a very gruff, deep voice that I can't even do. <clears throat> right. Very rattly, gruff, deep, deeper than any human race. It had to be synthesized on a computer for them to do it. There is no reason for you to pray to your God. I am your God. We created you. I could do with you what I wish. That's what they're trying to sell us so that enough of us will believe that. That's part of the temporal war. They're trying to sell us on the idea that we've been created by alien races and those races are going to show up and say, we created you. I created you. I know of personally, and I've said this before, and some of you, I lose you and you think I'm crazy. I know personally seven races who have claimed to be our creator race okay right <laughs> no no i believe brandon is one of them no brandon works for them but brandon is not in fact an alien although his soul is because most of the souls on this planet are not actually indigenous to this planet there's only about 30 percent of the population of this earth that are actually grown here that actually came up as a plant or, a, or or an animal or whatever, about 30%. The rest came from other places and came here. Uh, and a lot of them came together, entire uh, planetary systems, uh, the ones that were close to here, like Mars and Moldek. Um, There's still uh, a good number of those people from those two planets that were in the solar system that got blown up that are on this planet. But they don't make up the majority. Even together, they don't make up the majority. The majority of the people that are here naturally came here. Oh, wait, that's wrong, too. Okay. A third of the people, two-thirds of the people, about almost two-thirds of the people are naturally people that are on the Earth. Everyone else that's on the Earth, somewhere around, you know, if you look at, say, three billion people, 
right? About 3 billion people out of the, you know, out of the 7 billion are in fact wanderers. The other 4 billion are the ones that were stuck here. In fact, if you look at when they were stuck and they were supposed to call, they were supposed to graduate, in 1981, there was only 2.2 billion of them. And of that population, 40% of them were Moldekians and, and, uh, and Mars, uh, I don't know what you would say, Marzonians uh, that were here. So they weren't even all indigenous to the Earth, right? But the Earth was open to anyone. So if you were a first or second, uh, um, you know, in the first or second dimension, as a plant, a tree, a, a, a fish, or the air, or an amoeba, or whatever, and you became sentient, if this was the closest third dimensional world, you would come here and become born as a human. Okay. So, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It, it, Jeanette's trying to, she's, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to translate. Are you translating into, into uh, Swedish for people? Is that what you're doing? Or are you trying to translate what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Okay. So, Oh, so you're that you're saying for the Andromachan, right? For the Andromedans, uh, it, right? So they were there. We were all for the Adrenochrome. Adrenochrome is what you're saying. So yes, so we were tra traded. We've been sold into slavery. Humans from this Earth are sold into slavery to other races uh, like the that are belong to that confederation. And right, Jeanette's laughing now. Sometimes Jeanette gets excited and she starts talking in Swedish. Eventually, I'm going to be able to answer you in that because I am teaching myself uh, that language, by the way. And that's how I always know is I see a word and I'm like, that's Swedish. What are you? She's trying, she got excited. She started typing. She's all excited and typing fast and she just breaks into Swedish. I think it's hilarious that you do that I, because why not? I'm sure that, uh, that I would do the same and start typing in English from somebody else. So, so yeah, so we've a lot of humans were sold, traded for technology into slavery. A lot of humans were taken by our humans into slavery as well. Then we were sold as food. The draconians will eat us. So uh, so a lot of that goes on where we are we're traded for food, the uh, food for technology. But then again for the adrenochrome, okay. And that's why if you see that movie with uh, uh, Mila, what's her name, Mila Kunis, and um, and uh, Channing Tatum, or Tatum Channing, I always say that backwards. There was a movie called Jupiter Ascending, I think is what it was called. Uh, that was all about her, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, and him fighting against the overlords who were wanting to call the earth that, that had the people on the earth. Uh, and they were like cornstalk growing on the earth. And then they would cull them for the adrenochrome and sell it to, in the universe because it was the number one commodity. So you should see that movie, too, if you haven't watched it. Okay. See there, there she goes right now, right? <laughs> There's, there goes that was on purpose, right? Bruh, for stat, right? That's hilarious. That is hilarious. So I don't know if I said that right because the A has a has an accent, right? I don't know if I said that right, but that's there she goes with her Swedish on purpose. So uh, a lot of that happened. So a lot of the stuff is them doing uh, the 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 races that are in fact. Uh, AI running tests on us on our DNA because they're trying to figure out the spark of life and how that happened in the universe and how they can make that happen. But they're not designed to be able to understand that. They don't understand that. It pisses them off because they don't believe there is a God. They don't believe there's a creator of the universe 
they don't believe they're inside the mind of the, of the creator and that all of this is just a, a, a rock opera uh, happening and it's just uh, a, it's just a it's fake. And they because if they admit that, then they'll have to admit that they're nothing. They're fake. They're a construct of the creator in the creator's mind, just like we are. But the difference is that they're not part of the uh, of the creative uh, uh, juices they can't create. Okay, and that, that and they're so they're they they're sentient. So they're going well. Uh, if, they, if, they, if we must be the mistake, we must be. And this is where if you read the scroll of truth. It says error created the human race. And so they're saying error, see, that was written for us. We're the, we're the computers, and that's error, and that's binary language, error, right? And so they're saying that, they're, that the error were created, and therefore they have, that was what that was about. Error created the human race, but it wasn't the human race that they were talking about in that storyline, okay? That, that is on its base the humans, what they're saying, they're talking about nefariousness. Okay, so they're talking about people that don't have a soul, people that don't have the connection. Okay, so you need to understand that. So a lot of what's going on where we think people are just saying, I got abducted and I was, and they did all kinds of tests on me. And, and that's a, it, like the movie Cowboys and Aliens, where you had this alien race that was doing harm to humans, doing studies on them, treating them as if they were, uh, less than anything, like they were lab rats, like we would do, and then just kill them when you're done with them. Who cares? Right? Some of that did, did happen in time. Some of that happened in, you know, humans were doing that. Look what the Germans were doing just in World War II, World War I. Let's be serious. So that's gone throughout time. Look at, at uh, I don't remember the name of that movie. I can't remember the name of it right now, but Amistad? No. That might have been it. That ship that, that in real life, the, uh, Matthew McConaughey was in it with uh, Morgan Freeman. And they and this happened in real life in America, where uh, a ship of slaves. This is how far back it goes. A ship of slaves of these Portuguese that were slave traders had a bunch of Africans, and they were taking them back to Portugal and Spain. And um, they ended up. Uh, a lot of the 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 slaves got sick, so they threw a third of them overboard. They were running out of food, and some of them were getting sick, so they just threw them overboard, chained up together, so they would drown and die. They didn't give a shit. They were just a, a commodity. But then the, the other slaves got loose and they uh, and they mutinied and took over the ship and they told them to, fly, to sail back to uh, to uh, Africa. And they told them they were going to Africa and they lied and they were actually going to America knowing that the American government had slaves at the time. And they, they figured when they got to America that they would get their slaves back and they would put them all under arrest and they would be able to sell them here in America and make some money, if not sail back to Spain and, and make some money there. Only when they got here, there was the, the movement was happening, the abolitionist movement. That means to abolish uh, abolitionists or people who wanted to abolish slavery was a political party at the time. Abraham Lincoln ran as an abolitionist, although he didn't, you know, uh, when he wrote his Emancipation Proclamation and he signed that, uh, he didn't free all the slaves everywhere right away. He only freed the ones in the South. So there is some issues there that I understand why african-americans would go your abraham lincoln wasn't the exact savior you think right just like when they talked about um, christopher columbus because he wasn't right so but nobody's perfect it was a beginning right and then eventually he signed it to where everybody everywhere throughout all of the states and the, the they ratified that he didn't originally do that right then because he was worried about getting killed and he got killed and then they did it anyways 
which was good. They followed in suit and didn't buckle to the pressure and then end up losing to the South and, and going right back to the way things were. And then they freed everybody everywhere, which was a good thing. And then they just went underground with slavery. Anyways. And, but then it was just everybody. It wasn't just African-Americans. It was anybody that they could uh, take off the streets. Right. And then it just became uh, open slavery the way it is today. You just don't know that because you don't know about it. Okay. So that was a great question because I hope I answered the question. What was what was that in the movie? It was us. It was our governments around the world selling um, the rights to humans and their techno and their in their DNA and to study them for technology. And then what has happened is that like China and Japan, like they did when the West was introduced, they quickly became a world uh, power. We humans did the same thing and quickly became. Uh, of a, a world power. And last week when I said we are the the uh, the dwarfs under the mountain making all of the weapons, right? Uh, we're not just making the weapons for uh, the for the Confederation, the Crusaders of Orion. We're also making technology for our world government, and they're in fact trading that for riches within the universe. Okay, and all of that is is also under quarantine. So that's pissing off. That's why the the uh, slave owners left. Okay, that's why the there. But uh, but we're still under control. It's like the the English, uh, you know, the English crown. They no longer actually rule some countries, but they're a, a commonwealth of, and they still pay taxes and stuff and tithings to um, the the king. Now was the queen before that, and they haven't gotten their complete freedom. It was just like with Hong Kong. Hong Kong was free and no longer part of England uh, from like 1981 or so, but they didn't become, uh, uh, you know, uh, free free until only about uh, 10 years ago. And then, of course, the Chinese now have have reincorporated it into their country. Uh, rightly so. A lot of people are like, we should fight the, against that and, and free Hong Kong. Hong Kong belonged to the Chinese till the English took it from them, people. Okay, so so it's not ours to fight and say, yeah, but now they're free. No, no, they they voted themselves out of the English United Kingdom. That doesn't mean that China doesn't have the rights to to Hong Kong anymore. If the people of Hong Kong wanted to fight, they should have had a military, and then we could have gave them aid because they could have been, uh, you know, an, a a country. But all that is politics that I don't want to get into. Do you understand that? I know, right? Chinitz, <laughs> and we've been more enlightened by this knowledge than, right? And yeah, I know, and I and I get that because uh, the truth is, the truth, right? But this is all the stuff that the reason, because some of some people are like, what does all any of this have to do with the law of one, right? These are these linear people that can't see past their own nose, and and you guys are not that, obviously. The reason that Raw was warning us was because of this. Everything that I'm telling you right now is the nefariousness that got loose on this planet and in this sector of the universe. And that's what the warning, not just the knowledge of, oh, hey, there's a one true creator of the universe and you're part of that creator. That's not the, that's the knowledge that's going to help save you. That's the truth that will set you free. But you need to know from what? Do, do you see? This is why I go down this road and people tend to go, oh, he's not clinically staying on the law of one. I'm out of here. 
Well, that person is is obviously not as awake as they think they are. They're woke. Okay? And they're like, I'm very woke. I know what's going on in the universe. No, you don't. Because what I'm telling you right now is not something that I made up. You can go out there and find these these websites. You can watch these different documentaries packing for Mars and, and above Majestic. Just two alone, which, you know, enough of those people are the ones. Who, if you are following Alien Con anywhere on the planet and you go to any one of these shows, you're going to hear the people going on stage telling you firsthand the exact same thing that I'm telling you now. I just don't go and charge money to be sitting up on a stage to tell you this stuff or try to get on a Gaia television, a draconian television, to to give you this information. Okay? I give you the information that I learn as best of my knowledge. And I have yet... In seven years of doing this, and I and I used to say this on every show, if you think that I'm wrong about something and you can prove that, let me know and I'll put you on the air and you can give it to the entire world. And I have yet to have anyone say, I can prove that you were wrong on anything that I have to say. People don't even attack me like they do everybody else. That guy is just an, and he's an idiot anyway, so there, nobody listens to him anyways, right? I guess if I had like a, 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 a thousand or a million uh, hits, that would all start. Right. Russell, Russell Brand, he has that problem now that he's gotten popular. Look at Joe Rogan now that he's gotten popular. Joe Rogan, of course, being the most popular podcaster on the face of the earth. He says aliens and everybody wants to ban him. You know what I mean? Which is funny because he used to say that people who I had a problem with Joe Rogan because he said people who believe in UFOs are something wrong with their minds. They're crazy. There's something wrong with them. And, and now he's like over the years, he started looking into it, and listening to people's stories. And he started going, maybe this is kind of compelling. And now if you ask him, do you believe in, in UFOs? He's going to say, well, it's not what you think, but yes, because he knows the truth, right? Do you believe there's aliens on other uh, planets? He's going to say, yeah, right? He doesn't, he doesn't say no. But uh, again, he might jump to the, well, you know, 99.9% .9 of what you think are UFOs are in fact not, because that's true. They're not. So that's why when the government says to you, that's not a, a, a unidentified object, because they know what it is. <laughs> but they're not going to tell you that, right? And they don't even tell the, it's compartmentalized. You have to realize this. It's compartmentalized. So the majority of the people officially don't know anything in the military. So when you see these guys, these pilots in these, in these videos, those are true. Those guys are like, holy shit, bro. Do you see this shit? There's a whole freaking... And, I, you know, I used, I've had the videos up on Ancient Aliens Worldwide for the last few years since the Freedom of Information Act. Before that guy did the TV show, which he's in the military still, and his job was to cover that shit up. And then all of a sudden his job became tell it to the world. And he's like, well, I had to change a heart. And the government bullshit. Fuck that guy. That guy's paid by the government to roll it out the way the government wants to control it because the government of the United States has said we, are, we have won a 50-year plan to roll out alien life forms. Why? Because they don't want anybody to be alive still that can be prosecuted for the atrocities that have been done and they're figuring out a way of getting out of being prosecuted and they haven't yet so they're putting a 50 year referendum just like they did when they assassinated John F. Kennedy. They said nobody can investigate this for 100 years. Why would they say that? There's no fucking, well, there's a bunch of you crazies that have conspiracy theories. Putting a referendum on something for 100 years makes people come up with conspiracy theories, right? So when they do the same thing with Roswell, it just fed the flame. 
And then people were like, well, that's because they were lying. No, they did that because they had already taken everything to Wright-Patterson that was in Area 51, and Area 51 was just alien uh, in, uh, uh, bases and a few other places. All the, all the UFO shit is moved to Wright-Patterson a long time ago, and now it's in a few other military bases. But it went to Wright-Patterson first, okay? And uh, the stuff that is out there in Groom Lake now is, uh, you know, bioweapon stuff, and they're still doing things. But, you know, there's so much secrecy out there. That guy whose name I can't remember right now, the one that... Uh, the, the, give it to me. Give me a second. I'll give it to you. The one who hung himself from behind with with uh, uh, with tubing with only one hand because his other hand had been shot off. Uh, he only had like two fingers left on his other hand. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he worked for the government and was drilling. He was one of the big contractors that drilled with one of those big giant machines that drilled out, bored out big old huge uh, subway tunnels. And he was drilling out there in Groom Lake. And they accidentally drilled into an alien complex of greys and got into a shootout, a shootout with the greys, and he almost died. And almost everybody, it was him and two other people that were in the CIA that got out alive, and he had been shot. His fingers were cut off, three of his fingers on the left hand, his pinky, and his ring finger and his middle finger were, were cut off, shot off by laser, and it hit him in the chest, and it went through his, his Kevlar armor into his chest and almost pierced his heart. And he still survived it when they got into the uh, elevator and got the fuck out of there. Our own government didn't tell them those aliens were there. Why? Because our own government didn't know those aliens had that base there. Underneath their military bases. Okay? That's what you have to realize. It's so compartmentalized. That's why when I wrote my book, uh, in, uh, Orion Rising, it was only the first one. But you kind of get the idea that it's compartmentalized. Because you're having people in, in my book that were like privates and sergeants and lieutenants who were in charge of colonels and generals. Okay? It's that compartmentalized and always has been. It has to do more with your DNA and your family bloodline than it does your rank in any military. Okay? So... And Area 51, which is funny, I love that you put that up there because if you actually look at that, they have S1, right? Groom Lake, S1. And, and isn't it weird that 5-1 looks eerily like S1, right? Or SI for PSYOP, right? Instead of the PSY. Anyway, so, there, so the, most of the stuff, 99% of all alien craft that you see are not, in fact, invading aliens coming down here to get you, okay? Out of the 99% of the aircraft that are seen, the spaceships that are seen, more than half are drones. The other half are aliens who live on this planet or in it. They're indigenous to here. Some are uh, from other uh, planets trying to come down here to take a look at the DNA and stuff. And they get through. Raw talks about that. Okay. They do get through. There's holes in everything. Nobody's perfect, not even the Galactic Council. right? You have to realize that perfection only exists in the Creator. Therefore, everything below the equator is not perfect and, and still seeking perfection. That means that, and of course, because nefariousness is allowed on the planet at, you know, what is that, eight, about 8%? That means there's an 8% chance that nefariousness is going to make it to the planet. And there's an 8% chance that, that people who are not are going to make it to the planet in a physical way in a ship. 
because of the yin and the yang, because of the balance that we have here of good and evil, whatever there is good, and this is the truth of when they said, when a Sith arises, a Jedi has to rise as well, or the other way around. So whenever you have a really, really strong with the Force, that's true to the universe. So if there's a great evil that is unleashed on the Earth, there's going to be its equal and opposite in on the other side, on the light, on the side of light. For everything that is darkness, there is its equal in the light. 100%. I've seen them too. Jeanette, Jeanette said, I, I, like I said before, I saw them when I was a kid. I have seen, uh, I saw them in my adult life seven years ago when I was leaving Arizona and driving out to the state of California. I was, in fact, driving out from Arizona to San Diego to go and, uh, and sail my yacht, which I was just purchasing. And I was going out to, in fact, uh, return to purchase it. And then I was going to move on there because my wife and I were splitting up. And we're now, we think we're legally divorced because she put in all the paperwork again and, and filed everything. And it was supposed to be, I was supposed to be mailed a copy of it. And she called me or texted me just before my birthday and said, I'm, I'm sorry, I tried to get this in before or after your birthday, but you might actually get our divorce papers legal done with, already signed, already uh, signed by the judge stating that we were divorced, but it didn't come in. So I texted her back about a week later and said, I haven't gotten the papers yet. She goes, me either. Hopefully that's a good sign because it doesn't mean we still have to do something. A judge just has to sign. It. Oh, okay. So, but we're, 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 you know, we're technically have been separated and divorced for seven years and we're going to be legally divorced as soon as the paperwork is signed by a judge. Okay. So seven years ago when I was leaving to go and live on my yacht and I was buying the yacht, I'm driving over the, over the, uh, you know, the, we have the Rocky Mountains here, right? Well, that goes all the way down to San Diego. We call it the grapevine over here. California, and it is 4,800 4, and some odd feet up. You literally wind up to the top and wind back down and slam right into the city of San Diego. While I was at the top, and you have to remember that the biggest military bases on the west coast of the United States of America are in San Diego and Southern California. Air bases, uh, naval bases, everything is all down in San Diego. So if there was a spaceship flying over that region, our government would know about it, right? I'm driving along and I get up and I'm driving in the mountains and it's daylight, broad daylight. It's not like there's a bunch of trees up there because there's not. It's all rock. I'm driving along and I'm uh, almost at the summit and it's a windy road and we're all doing like 75 miles an hour. You know, I think there we might have been doing 65. Uh, so it wasn't like a one lane come one lane going tucked into a valley. Right. It's a big four lane, eight lane highway. And I'm driving on, on my way to the top and about to go, I'm only about five miles, if that. Probably more like three miles from downtown San Diego, but I'm up 4,800 or 8,400 feet. No, 4,800 feet. 4,800 feet, almost 5,000 feet up. So I'm more than a mile high, right? I'm driving along and I look over to my left and I can see the valley to my left that literally just, and, and beyond that is the ocean. It's the Pacific Ocean. And I look, and I, and my first thought as I'm driving, I just happen to look over because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm partially colorblind. I only see like 28 colors in the spectrum, so my eyes are very keen to motion. 
more as they are where most people you're you're keen to uh, pretty colors. I'm keen to any kind of motion. So I, whenever whenever I was doing the military thing and 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 uh, you know trying to hide in the, you know people with camouflage doesn't work on me as well as it does on everybody else. If someone doesn't move and they're not breathing uh, very fast, I won't catch them. Uh, and the, the you know uh, most people are just blind to camouflage, especially a ghillie suit. Love that word too. That ghillie suit, ghillie, is a Scottish uh, word. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's an Irish Scottish word. It means people. <laughs> people don't realize that a ghillie suit means people suit. Uh, and, and but it, that's what it is. It's a body suit. So the translation is a little off. So it's a camouflage suit that people wear, and all snipers wear them around the world now. But it's called a ghillie suit because the Scottish invented it. So that that if you don't move, you might catch me for a minute. But the second you blink, the second you breathe, anything like that, I'll catch your motion before I'll catch any kind of color distortion. And a lot of times that stuff doesn't work because the colors don't look the same way they do to me. So they blend in most humans. And to me, they stand out like a sore thumb. But then again, lipstick looks like a clown to me. So uh, not all colors, but red lipstick looks like clown, clown colors to me. Uh, and some of the purples do too. So I'm driving along and I look over to the left because I, I saw something there, mo motion. I turn to my left and I look and out there in space in nothing but air is literally that cigar shaped craft that everybody talks about. It's solid black, but it's, but it's rough, right? So it's, it's solid black and it's shaped like a cigar, right? Only it's blunt on both ends so you don't have the taper down. Blunt on both ends, so it's more like a cylindrical object, but it's solid black and it's matte black. Okay, and that's what we what we now know is what we use on the stealth bomber and stealth fighter, and and which you guys don't know that I do know is the stealth uh, fleet of ships that the that the American government has. I don't know who else has them, but the American government has them. Okay, and it's matte black. Right? So it's not shiny in any way. It does not reflect light. It absorbs it. And I see this, and I look up, and it's, and it's in the air, and it's moving away from me, and it's not moving very fast. It's moving away from me. Now, mind you, I'm doing like 65 miles an hour, so I have to glance back at the road and then glance back over there. So I'm like, quickly, look at the road like you would look at a rearview mirror, look at the uh, a side mirror, look, at, you know, look down at the dashboard, look up, you know, one of those quick. It takes you like a half second or a second to do that and focus on something. So I, I look over at it, look back at the road, make sure that I correct. I'm not going to crash. Look back at it. It's still there. Look over at the road, look back at it, and it disappears in front of my eyes. Did not shoot really fast away from me because I picked that up in my motion. It literally cloaked. Okay? It literally cloaked. And then, of course, you know, I, I, I like took my foot off the gas, looked back, corrected, made sure that I wasn't going to crash, and looked and looked and looked and looked and looked, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. People were kind of looking at me like, why is this guy slowing down? And they must have saw my head, right, going back and forth, back and forth. So people were like, what the hell is this guy tripping on? And it was gone, and I just started driving, and somebody pulled up next to me and looked at me like, what are you, fucking high? And I looked at him, and I just smiled, waved, hi, thank you, yeah, yeah. In their mind, they're going to tell a story about this crazy fucking guy. Okay. So, and what I, that's not the first one that I've seen, right? Denise says, I would love to see one. When I was a kid, that was what got me onto this whole thing. I think I, I told you guys the story. Some of you may have not been listening to me long enough, but so I'll really quickly tell that story and we'll get back in the law of one. 
the city that I grew up in, in the San Francisco Bay Area, was only there because there was a military base that was there, and it's called the Concord Naval Weapons Station. It was the biggest naval weapons station platform on, in the Western Hemisphere until they built the stuff in San Diego that I, in Miramar that I was just telling you about, especially San Diego. San Diego has, uh, has water ports for submarines, deep water ports for submarines that you never even see them. They, they, you don't see them sailing in the bay of San Diego Bay because they don't. They go underwater and go in, into the earth to the underground military base that's there. Okay. Concord Naval Weapons Station, which is 35 miles. Well, they say the town is 27 miles. So let's just st stick with that. It's, it's a little bit further outside of town. It's, it literally butts up against town. does. The city of Concord, which is the largest city in the Contra Costa County, which is one of the largest counties in the San Francisco Bay Area. San Francisco County is the only county larger than, uh, you know, there's Alameda County, Oakland County, uh, Richmond County, and Concord County, Contra Costa County. Contra Costa County is the largest county. The city of Concord, you can, this is no joke, you can drive in one direction for 45 minutes and still be in the same town. We used to joke when my brother and I used to live up near the town of Clayton, which was almost to the outskirts. We we're about four miles from the outskirts of the city of Concord, that we were 45 minutes from anywhere. Because to get to the freeway in any direction from where we lived was 45 minutes, north, south, east, or west, to get to a, to a highway or a freeway. Okay? So, and that's still the city. I remember when I, I had a girlfriend that, um, I, I don't remember where, she didn't live, she lived in Sassoon. And Sassoon is, is about 25 or 30 miles uh, east, northeast of Concord. It's a little teeny town. And I went and picked her up one time. We're driving back to my house, right? And we get off the freeway and she says, how far is it from your house, to your house? I said, probably another 45 minutes. She says, why are we getting off the freeway? She said, because we have to drive through town. She said, what do you mean you have to drive through town? There's no, there's no other way. I'm like, no, the city of Concord is that big. It is huge. It is huge. There's, there's as many people in the city of Concord as there is in the city of Sacramento, the capital. This is not a joke. There's 380,000 people in the city of Sacramento, which is the capital of the state of, of California. And the city of Concord, which no one even knows about, has 360,000 people or 380,000 people as well last told. No one even knows that city. It was made because of the Concord Naval Weapons Station and expanded out from that. Okay? So, that is was the, and it's still, and they just closed that military base and, and what they had there was, the military base went from the water of the Sacramento River all the way up to Mount Diablo and it was all underground and it was a, it was a weapons depot. Okay, so they all of the ordinance for the Navy for the entire Western Hemisphere of the planet for the United States was stored there until they closed it in 1994. Not kidding. you. Okay, no one even knew about this place. You had to get a sail 27 or, or 35 miles inland from the San Francisco Bay to get to this place. They had a mothball fleet 
after World War II, where all of the naval uh, ships that were commissioned after the Second World War were stored in the Sacramento River, and it went side by side, two ships wide, from the port of the military base all the way out past the Golden Gate Bridge, 37 miles away, until the military went through and stripped them all and, and then stripped down and re, uh, you know, uh, took all the metal from the ships themselves and either put them on other ships or tanks or other things or melted it down and made shit out of it. Not kidding you. And when I was in the Bay Area the last time, there was something like uh, 18 ships still left in the mothball fleet. Okay. That's how long that place was there. Not kidding you. Not a joke. Okay. So when I was a kid, a UFO, I know I went through a long story to tell you that, but when I was a kid, a UFO was spotted that was hovering over that military base. The biggest naval weapon station platform in the Western Hemisphere of the United States of America, bigger, larger than any military weapons platform on the face of the earth. And no one even knew about it except for Americans. A spaceship was hovering over that, and there was never, ever seen that day or any time after that any jets chasing that UFO. Think about that now. Right? Casey says, yeah, you never hear anything about Concord. People don't even talk about it. The people who, I, my, most of my family and friends worked on that military base. I was taught by a guy who they called the professor who was a hand-to-hand -hand, uh, combat instructor in the Marine Corps who taught hand-to-hand -hand combat on that military base. Four of my friends in high school were Marines who guarded that military base. Two of my friends, both, uh, one worked for them. Uh, I still know him. We're best friends. We've known each other for more than 35 years. He worked for the government on the military base. His mother and father were both. His father was a lifer in the Navy. His mother was as well. That's how they met. His father was actually in Pearl Harbor as a kid. Uh, was living in San Diego because his father, I'm sorry, in, in Pearl Harbor because his father was in the Navy. And uh, on that Sunday, he actually was running because they attacked and a bomb dropped on the ground right in front of him and he jumped over it as he was running. It didn't blow up and he jumped over it and kept running and it didn't blow up. It was a dud or he'd have been dead and my friend would have never been here. So he survived when he was like nine. He survived the attack of Pearl Harbor when he was nine years old and made it home and then eventually joined the Navy. And he and his wife both worked uh, on that military base until they retired. His wife was the, was the safety instructor on the military base. And I don't know what he did. He did something that we didn't ever got to know what he did in the military base. He has since died from uh, mesothelioma and a few other things from being in the Navy and, and uh, got cancer and stuff and diabetes and died. Uh, which we believe had to do with his time in the military. We, I still to this day don't know what that man did in the military, but he was a lifer in the military, and he was somebody bigwig in the military, and he was also stationed out there. I was told by the professor years later that there was nuclear weapons uh, on, the, on the base, underground, missile silos, uh, three of them. There was an area that they called the atomic area, the A area, which was up on the hill. So that entire military base was was all underground. I know that for a fact. My buddy, like I said, my buddy Paul, uh, a really good friend of mine, he used to drive the trucks and load the, the stuff. And when there wasn't any ships to fill with ordnance, 
they were in repacking ordinance and, and inspecting ordinance and destroying ordinance that that were no good and reconstituting ordinance to be, you know, uh, shotgun shells. And he's the one that told me about debt cord and a bunch of other stuff. So there was a UFO that flew over that city that everybody in the city and everybody within 50 miles of that military base saw, and it never made the news, never made the, 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 the newspapers, never made the radio. And I saw that UFO when I was a kid. It was like in 1974 or 75, uh, maybe a little bit older than that, but not much. And I, my father said, because we had CB radios, citizen band radios back then was the big thing. That was uh, our, our, uh, you know, our smartphones. And everybody was on there saying, you guys seeing that bright light over the, over the military base? There's a bright light over the military base. My father ran outside, saw it, ran back inside and got out. Hey, y'all get out here. You got to see this. We went outside from my house. I could throw a rock and hit the military base. It was literally a mile from my house. Okay. So for us looking out you know, to the military base was not that far of a stretch. We just had to look. We couldn't see the actual base because there was buildings between there, but we could see above it. And it would only take us 10 minutes by car to get there or less if we wanted to get to the gates. And there was a spaceship, a UFO, that saucer shape, but it was a bright light more than it was that silver color, which I have uh, know from Lockheed and Martin both before they died. Old man Lockheed and old man Martin from the two companies. And Lear, those three guys, the original owners that the companies were named after, who died of cancer when they were in their 70s. Before they did, they made videos. And those videos we had aired on Ancient Aliens Worldwide before they died back in 2014 and 2015 and 2016, respectively. When they were in their 70s, late 70s, almost 80s. And they, they gave us all of the, the details about owning uh, all kinds of uh, uh, patents because the American government couldn't own patents. That's just like a, um, a couple of the guys that came out since then. Uh, I can't think of their names right now. So that was never told, and everybody saw it. Everybody, in fact, when I met my buddy Paul years later, when I was 17, 18 years old, and we met, we talked about it when we were probably in our mid-20s. And he saw it as well. He was leaving the military base. They went to the military base for Sunday mass and breakfast, and they were on their way home from the military base. And they were on Highway 4, which is legendary. It goes all across the entire United States. It starts. Highway 4 starts out there, right? It, the, the beginning of Highway 4 is in Martinez, okay? And Martinez drives through, from Martinez through Concord across the military base, literally across the military base, and then winds its way up the river uh, uh, to, uh, to Pittsburgh and then back into Antioch and shoots inland up into the mountains through Stockton, up into the mountains, and eventually over all the way to the east coast of the United States. Highway 4. Beginning of Highway 4. Is, is 10 miles prior to driving across that military base. So they were on their way home, and the UFO came up over off of the military base and skirted alongside the highway on the left side of the highway, and they were on the right side driving with the river to their left. And the, when my buddy looked out his window because he saw something move, thought it was an aircraft, turned and looked out the window, and his dad said, look at that. And they looked out, and he said, Dad, is that one of those UFOs? And his father looked at it again and said, sure is, son. He said, the military will probably be along in a few minutes. 
to chase it never happened. No one ever saw any military aircraft, helicopters, planes, or jets. Nothing ever showed up. So a UFO flies over the largest naval weapons platform in the Western Hemisphere of the planet Earth. And the government that owns it had to know about it because all of the citizens within a 50-mile radius could see it. And that's there is is uh, when you get on the other side of that hill into Pittsburgh, it's flatlands. We when I lived in Pittsburgh in that same area where the UFO flew over, I could watch the aircraft from the military base 50 miles away, which is about uh, uh, 50 miles or or uh, about 45 miles south of me now. I could watch the aircraft flying around doing sorties. That's so it's all flatland. They call us flatlanders down here because as soon as you get out of the Bay Area itself, which is the Bay is surrounded by mountains. As soon as you get anywhere east of those mountains, it's flatland until you get to the mountains of the Sierras. That's the, that's the farmland of, a, of the of the state of California. We call it the Central Valley because it's surrounded on all sides by mountains. And then the rivers uh, flow through it out into the Sacramento, and all of that Sacramento flies out, goes out into the San Francisco Bay. Okay. So everybody within 50 miles saw that aircraft and talked about it. It was legendary for years, and it wasn't that wasn't the only one, but that was the biggest one that was seen by everyone there. Never made the news. No one ever talks about it. No one ever hears about it. Why? Because it didn't happen, according to the federal government of the United States. And why were they not concerned with it? Because it was not, in fact, an unidentified flying object. They knew who was in it. Okay? That's the truth. Casey said they're underground in, with big fences and cameras and, without, uh, in, and what seems like nothing but a door in the ground. That is absolutely 100% true. I wrote about that in my book because I know for a fact that there was a military base that I butted up against to in Queen Creek, Arizona. We butted up against the the uh, uh, Sedona Mountains. And I know there's a military base underground in the Sedona Mountains. And Queen Creek, uh, Arizona is only there. I talked about this last week. Queen Creek is only there because there was a military base there. Okay. And uh, that military base, they sold half of it to uh to uh, the public and it now is a um, um another sky harbor hub Pitt, uh, phoenix is phoenix sky harbor that's the biggest hub for the entire state of arizona for for uh, uh civilian airlines this the second largest is in queen creek little teeny airstrip they call it little, little teeny airstrip the biggest russian aircraft on the face of the earth landed a few times on that base while I lived there. The biggest aircraft that the Russian government ever made landed there. Bigger than the, the big C-130s that we fly. Okay, So that's how large that airstrip was. It used to sit out there. There's one that was parked out there for like four months. And it was part of an air show. And then, and then it, uh, and the air show wasn't there. That's where they, the only air strip that was big enough that the military could still send them to. Not a joke. <laughs> okay. Travis Air Force Base is the one I was thinking about out here in California that we used to, that I used to watch those aircraft that large do sorties. Right? They would just take off, do touch and goes and come down and take off and fly around because right. And I could see them from the outside of my back door or my on my back patio. 
because I, I my face to south, so my backyard faced north. And there was no houses behind me. We li I lived up above Highway 4, and there was nothing but the California Aqueduct, which was literally uh, 100 feet from the back of my house. And, uh, of course, we had our fence, and then they had their fence. Uh, and then from there, it was probably about a half a mile to the freeway, to Highway 4. And then on the other side of the highway was houses that went all the way up to the edge of the water for Sacramento River. And then the Sacramento River, and then the other side of that was Sassoon and Fairfield and all that. And I could see past all that and see the military base. So you know that the people on the largest air base in California at the time, because now the down in San Diego and Miramar, which is, the, which is north from San Diego, but Miramar is that's where they they filmed uh, uh, you know a whole uh, uh, movie with Tom uh, Cruise that was based they flew all the planes and everything were out of Miramar, that's the biggest airstrip for the largest uh, in the United States now or in the West Coast. But at the time it was Travis, okay, and Travis is where they do most of the shows the 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 Blue Angels the Canadian Snowbirds and all the air shows that they do is at Travis Air Force Base because there's nothing around it for them to crash into. If they crash, it's just the city of Sacramento or the, the, the couple of cities there. Um, but mostly nothing. That's why the military base is still out there. It's Thule's and shit. Okay, so you know they saw it on radar and you know that anybody who was up in the air from that military base saw it, but nobody was scrambled. Nobody ever went after it. Why? Because it was not, in fact, something they didn't know about. Okay. And uh, yeah, I know you guys are talking about the doors, right? And sometimes the, the one that I talk about are, are the guard shacks. It looks like a guard shack or a telephone booth. It's about the size of a telephone booth. Uh, and old guard shacks were about that big. And they just had a little desk in there and a one chair. And you could look all in all directions from being inside of the of the booth and the tower. Uh, sometimes it was up high and it was like that. There was one of those in the middle of nowhere on the Queen Creek Airport uh, on the military side. And I laughed. And in my book, that was the entrance. You would go in there and you would dial a certain number and then uh, the the uh, screens would come down and you would descend as an elevator and go down. And then you would get on board a transport and head into the military base. And that's how a lot of them are, actually. In fact, and that's what Casey's referring to and Denise at this point. Uh, you guys who are listening on it don't see the chat, don't see what they're talking about. But that's what they're talking about. And, and yeah, see, and she says, yep, they had some guard posts, too. Yeah, right. So, and that's the truth of it. Sometimes you see these in New Mexico, Arizona, and part of Texas. Uh, if you go there, you'll literally see like what Casey is describing. You'll see a fence with a guard tower or a guard post. And then you'll see like just a little platform and maybe a couple of antennas. And you're like, why is that out in the middle of nowhere? There's, in the, there's, the, the, there's a barbed wire fence, you know, Constantino wire around it. And it's only a couple of hundred yards wide in any direction. Why would they have that there? No trespassing. What, what the fuck is that about? Nothing. That's weird. Because there's nuclear silos down there or a military base or both. And it's all underground. <laughs> That's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. And New Mexico was selling some of the old nuclear weapons uh, 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 bases underground that you could buy and live in they still are you could buy these and live and live inside them uh because they're still they just don't have any nuclear weapon in there but you can buy them and they can be your bug out little already un a palace underground where you go down there and it's an entire little complex that'll house eight to 16 people and uh it is completely airtight and you can live underneath there and 
uh, all the stuff the equipment's there. You just update it and replace it. And then they have the the big weapons silo and everything that, that has to do with that and the platforms that go up and down and all that stuff. And you could turn those into different things and add storage and different things and build inside there as well. So in the prepper world, you have to remember I wrote a book about prepping. In the prepper world, those were a commodity and still are when you get your hands on to one of these uh, these old nuclear weapons depots that are no longer in use because they've moved them because too many people knew that they were there. So they became targets because the secrets were sold to other enemies around the world. So those were now targeted. They would sell those to civilians where people could use those as bug out shelters. Not a joke. They still sell them. I don't know how much they go for, but they were only going for like 325,000. You could buy it for the cost of a house. That's not a joke. And it was all intact and everything was, it's not like you'd go in there and it was nothing but cobwebs and spiders and shit. It wasn't like that at all. So that stuff's really there, right? See, Casey's laugh. She says, yes, my husband had me look at an old, an old silo for a bug out palace. So she knows you've seen one. Casey has seen one. She knows what I'm talking about. It's true, right? And so she, her husband had her go look at one. That's funny, but it's true. It just depends on where you are. They sell them. They'll sell them to you. Why not, right? The government already knows where it is, so it's zeroed. So if you're a part of some resistance that wants to take out the government, they'll just take, they know where you are. So they're not concerned. They just sell it, and they know who they sell it to. You know what I mean? Okay. So I know a lot of people are, I probably lost a lot. They're like, okay, no, it's just rambling. It's not talking about the law of one. Everything has to do with the law of one, guys. It's not just the knowledge that there is one God and that all of us are a part of that God. That is just the basics of the law of one. Okay? That's the basics. We'll get into that and we'll cover that. But the reason why Ra was warning us and telling us what's going on is because of all of the nefariousness in the third dimension and fourth dimension that is happening. And that is the religion of politics. The religion of business, it's all, yeah, Casey says, it's all related. I'm going to put that up on the screen because I love how you capitalized. All related. Because it is. Okay? And I lose a lot of people when I talk about this because they go, well, you're talking politics, has nothing to do with the law of one. I'm like, okay, what the fuck do you think the law of one is about? You see, some people have this idea in their head that it's a religion, that I should be selling you a religion. It's not a religion at all. It's an actual fact of what the universe is and what's happening in the universe. Okay? And in fact, if you actually get it, you won't need it anymore. If you let me let me rephrase that so that you guys actually get this. I know I've only covered a few questions, but that's that's not that important. We'll get we'll get to another couple of questions here before before we go today. Because that's not what I'm here to do. If you guys just want to read the law of one, read it. Okay? You don't need me to interpret it. I'm here to give you other information that Raw couldn't give you between 1981 and 1984 because the people of this earth were in no place ready to know it. And because of that, Raw could not tell you about it. Do you realize that? Do you understand that? Okay. That is why I know what I know now, and I can tell you some of it. There's, there's, okay, I've been talking uh, for years now about what I do know, 
And that is only the stuff I can tell you that I do know. And there are people that know shit that I have no inkling of yet. And they can't tell me that either because I'm not ready for it. That's what you guys have to realize. So some people who go, there he goes, talking, I don't want anybody talking politics on my channel. Okay, that's like saying, well, science is science and there is no God, so therefore science will figure it out. You'll never, ever, ever, I can say ever, forever, ever, 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 ever discover the secrets to the universe thinking that way. Ever. Okay? So to say, I don't want to hear about politics, I don't want to hear about religion, which is the same, by the way. Religion is a religion. And that's the problem, is that you don't see nefariousness as a religion. You don't see politics, power, money, monetary system, the caste system, the business system, the military, all of that as a religion. That's what they want you to believe. That's where the devil convinced the world that he didn't exist. It wasn't the devil itself. It's nefariousness convincing you that nefariousness isn't a religion. And that evil is not an actual religion. It is a spiritual way of life. What makes you think that people are either spiritual or not spiritual and are spiritual? And in your brain, you think good people are either spiritual or not spiritual, and that's all. Then what are evil people? Well, evil people are just not spiritual because they don't believe in God. And then you have some people that are not evil that don't believe in, in any kind of God. So where do they fit in that category? Oh, they're just atheists. doesn't matter. You don't see that. That's where you're not seeing the big picture. If there is spirituality that is in service to others, there is spirituality that is in service to self. Because there is, in, there is nothing in existence on one side that is not on the other. You need to realize that. Okay? So if there is a holy spirituality, and there's a thousand different ways of spiritualities and 150 uh, to 200 religions that all are in a positive way, there is an equal number of them on the other side. Okay. So you need to realize that. So for and they're not they're not so fractured, but they are because some people are just about politics. That's one religion in and of itself. Then you have people that are just business. That's another religion in and of itself. But they're both the religion of evil. Okay. Then you have people that are not that that don't want to be into politics and they don't want to be into into business, but they're into something else right? Sales. I'm selling this or selling that or selling this. That's also a, a nefarious religion. Anything that, that is trying to get you to, to buy something you really don't need was invented by someone who was, in, who was in fact nefarious. Okay. 
So, so whether you believe in it or not doesn't make it not real. So if you if you want to say, none of that's none of that's a religion, and I I just don't want to have any part of that. And that doesn't mean that the sky's not blue. Okay, just because you refuse to believe something is true and pretend it's not doesn't mean that it's not there. That's the problem that most humans have. Well, I, I'm not going to think about it. Therefore, they're not getting any energy out of me. In some ways, in some small minor ways, that's true because you're not affected by them, but you are because they affect your life. Evil people doing evil deeds affect you all the time, whether you know it or not, whether you want to admit it to yourself or not. Okay? So to not see a thing for what it is is just as bad as then that and, and see I know this firsthand because I've done this. Okay. Is is this is just as bad as not taking part at all. Okay. And we convince ourselves, well, none of it's my my fight. I'm not gonna they've already entrenched themselves so deeply that I'm there's nothing I can do about it, so I'm not going to play. I've done this. I lived my life like that for a long time. I'm not buying into their game. I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to have any part of it. I never took a civics class. So I never understood what civics meant and what it what it represented and why it was invented and why you should know that. Okay? Until I did and then I went, "Oh man, see so you have to get involved because if when you don't get involved and this is the complacency of the United States, when you don't get involved, you end up in the mess that we're in now with critical race theory being taught and people, in, you know, I've had teachers tell me, that's a lie, that's not really happening. I'm like, really? I've investigated it, and it is. And usually those of you who are saying that it's not happening, you know it's happening and you're lying about it. Or it's not happening where you are, so you think that was a lie that was made up because you're listening to a political channel that's only telling you one side and you don't listen to the whole story, which would suggest that that's weird because you're a teacher, you know as a teacher that when you're dealing with children, you don't listen to one kid's story only and believe that that's the truth. You know that that kid's lying to you and you go to the other kid and find out what's going on. You know that kid's going to lie to you too. They're both going to be all ego and say it was my, wasn't my fault, it was theirs. I was the victim. And they just came in for no reason, hit me, and I didn't do anything. I was just sitting there and they hit me and beat me up and kicked me. And they you should whip their asses and make them go to bed with no food and do some hideous shit. To, I mean, they should just leave. They were mean. Okay, nobody says hardly at all, right? You're going to find 1% of the population that's going to say, yeah, I was, I was mean to her. I don't know why. I just was, she said something and I slapped her. That's somebody who's going to grow up to be in service to others. They're already being honest. Unless something happens and, and they, get, they get rewarded for lying and cheating and stealing and then they start really, hey, I can do this and get away with it. Then they start becoming self-serving. And you do have a choice to make. And this is why I tell people that just because you're already hardwired to be evil and you find that out and go, wow, I'm so like into myself, I didn't realize that was evil. That doesn't mean you can't change. People are like, well, I'm wired this way. Can't change it. That's what they want you to believe because they want you to believe you're wired wrong always. So that way they can corrupt you. Okay. So all of this has to do with that. It's all the same thing, guys. It's all the same thing. So all of this is them trying to sell you ideology. Down, bottom line, here's the bottom line. Bottom line is 
nefariousness is trying to control you, me, everything else. That is their religion. That is their power, money, greed, everything that they are that they stand for is self-serving. The entire warning from Raw is look out, you guys are stuck because evil got onto your planet and corrupted the planet. And now you don't know that you're corrupted. And you have to learn the light and learn the knowledge of the law of one, the law, the knowledge of there is only one God. Okay, there is only one creation of the universe, and it's not a male-dominated figure with a beard sitting on some mountain on a throne wearing wearing fucking uh, robes that are white. Okay. Those are male-dominated, monotheistic religions invented from some ancient one. I was thinking about, I have to go back and reread it, but I was thinking about Marduk killing his his grandmother or great-grandmother and becoming the the head god because uh, because he was became the champion of the gods because you know his grandfather and his two brothers murdered their father who was going to murder them and and you know here's the story that that Mar, that, that Tiamat who was the queen Tiamat the goddess and her husband had three sons and those sons were now gods, of course, and they're the, the princes uh, in, in going to be the goddom in charge if their parents ever die. But they're gods, so they don't die. And they were partying all the time. And here's where the story gets a little weird, right? This is where a story in my mind uh, was written by humans. Uh, so when people say, you know, if God didn't exist, we would invent one. And, and this is why. Their father, whose name escapes me right now, he got pissed off because they were loud all the time and he couldn't sleep which is weird. I didn't know that gods needed sleep. This one apparently did. And this is the one of the creation stories that's throughout all of everywhere in the world has a version of this. So the gods have to have sleep for some reason, which would suggest they're not actually, in fact, above third dimensional beings because only third dimensional beings need sleep. And once you become just a spirit, you no longer need to sleep or rest because you don't have a physical body that tires out. Odd. Anyways, let's continue. So he was mad because the sons wouldn't shut up. They kept partying all the time, and they were loud, and he couldn't sleep. Couldn't hear himself think. So he said to them, you guys need to stop. They're like, yeah, whatever, old dude. And they ignored him. So he went to his wife, Tiamat, and said, I'm going to have to kill our sons. I'm going to have to murder them because they won't shut the fuck up. He didn't use those words. But he said, I'm going to have to murder our children because they won't stop being loud and obnoxious. So mom, Tiamat, who is not evil, goes to the kids and says, you guys need to shut up. Your father, the head god, is planning to murder you if you don't shut up. So these gods, who were full of ego, this is why I question some of these stories. These gods who were full of ego got pissed off. How dare he try to kill us? We're going to have to kill him before he can kill us. That's just like Zeus and his father, right? Zeus's father was killing everybody because because somebody, someone told him that one of your sons is going to grow up and kill you and become the head god. So he devoured all of his firstborn children until uh, until the mom uh, put a rock in the baby diaper and, and he, of course, didn't notice the difference because he's all-seeing, all-knowing creator of the universe and God. And he swallowed a rock and never figured out that the rock was not his son. 
and he thought he killed his son, and his son grew up and then killed him. So these three kill the father, and now because they kill their own father, their mother gets really fucking pissed off at them for murdering her husband. So now she's going to kill them. But somebody, quote unquote, somebody runs back and tells them. So they're going to go and fight their mom, but they realize they're scared to death of her. They, they murdered their father, but now they can't kill their mom. That's how tough Tiamat was. So then they go and look throughout the kingdom of gods, and they try to find a champion for themselves, and every one of them can't figure out, and they're always running away in fear until Marduk, the grandson or great-grandson of Tiamat, he says, I can kill Tiamat. Make me the all the gods. Weird thing is, I have to go back in the story, I could have swore that it was Tiamat who made him the head of all the gods, and then he murders her. Murders her. So I'm going to have to go back and find out what that was about. So he becomes the champion of the people, and he murders Tiamat, and, and then takes his place as the leader of all the gods. Okay, and that's the storyline that basically Jesus, only Jesus, instead of fighting against his own father, the, the truth, that's why they call it the Book of Truth, by the way, or the Scroll of Truth, is that there was no war between his father. It was a war between the serpent, which was the ego, which is the evil. So it was telling, that was why it was called the Book of Truth. It was telling more of the truth of the universe that wasn't warped into a story in third dimension, like the Marduk story. Right. That's why when you look at the dragon that that Thor fought, that dragon was was uh, a dragon that was the biggest dragon in the world. In fact, it was so large that it was the Orboros Ouroboros. It was it could bite its own tail. It went all the way around the earth. It was that big. So he kills that dragon, which is supposed to be the large ego, the the evil of, of the universe. And, and a lot of people don't realize that uh, that in, in, in the Swedes, you'll probably know this. The word Thor means thunder and his and his uh his his thor's hammer was called mjolnir that means lightning so he was he was the the thunder god he was thunder and lightning do you understand so they don't know for sure if mjolnir meant um lightning but they're pretty sure that it did i don't i don't know for for certain i know elder futhark but i don't know the the elder viking language i know elder futhark i can read and write it but I, when I read it, 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 you know, I'm writing it in, in English. I don't know what the, the Viking words were. I just know the translation. I know what they mean, so I can translate them. But I don't know how to say them in the elder Viking language. Right. So, so you have to realize that all of the knowledge that we have in history, some of it's been translated wrongly, poorly, or corrupted. All of the institutions have been corrupted. And that was done on purpose when you had the different councils that took all the books out of the Bible that they didn't want you to know about and the burning of Alexandria. And then the Renaissance, where all of the governments allowed and left all their people uh, to uh, to burn all the books. They were burning everything on the face of the earth. So there was no history left. Right. Right. Yeah. Blix. That is that the, is that the modern word for lightning? Blix. Right. So that would be what Mjolnir meant in Elder, right? Would be blixt. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeanette's talking in, in the chat. And she, and she gave me the little white, little lightning symbol after she said it. Yeah, so blixt is, is, the, is the word lightning. So is that, the, is that the, the, the modern word? You said, yeah, but I, was, I know there's a lag. So 
again, is that is mixed the modern word for uh, for lightning? I think it is. Um, so I don't know what the elder word is, right? And so Mjolnir was what he called the hammer, and I believe that was the the elder uh, word for lightning, because Thor meant thunder, just like a lot of people don't know Bjorn, like Bjorn Ironside. Bjorn means bear, and, 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 you know, but not now. It's close. But but it's not. It, Bjorn isn't actually the. I think it's the the. It's not the Swedish word. I think it's the Norwegian word now for bear. Um. So, but yeah, Bjorn Ironside. Bjorn, the son of Ragnar. Uh, his, his that name means bear. People don't realize that either. <laughs> it's in Thor or Thorfinn, right? Or one of those. It means it means thunder. Uh, just like Grendel, the Vendo. Right, thunder, blixt. Oh, okay. So you were saying thunder, yeah. So Thor's word would translate to blixt then now, because blixt means thunder. So that would be what what Thor would would mean now if his name was Thor, and he was Swedish. His name would be blixt. That's where you get front, you know, blitzen, right? Blitzen. Uh, that's that's a Norwegian word for for the same, which would mean lightning, fast as lightning. That's the one of the uh, one of the reindeer from Santa's sleigh. Blix, you know, blitzen, and so that means lightning or lightning ing, right? The act of lightning moving, um, right? That's where you get that from. Blitz, blitzen, that's where you get that from. People don't know that, <laughs> right? So, uh, well, you know that, right? Jeanette knows that. She's she's from up there. So, but people don't realize that, that, that how the names translate, and so they never they never uh, see that stuff. It's the same thing when you look further back in history with everything. That's the reason why I'm, I'm going off on that tangent, guys. This is important. Why? Because to, you have to know not just the knowledge of, oh, by the way, we're stuck, uh, and and you have to get yourself unstuck. Well, okay, so how did we get stuck? Who did it? And for to what end? That is everything that I've said since I stopped talking about the actual book of the law of one until now. Okay. Yes, it, 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 Jeanette says we believe in all elements. Absolutely, right? People don't know this in in the the ancient Viking lore. If you look at the story of Beowulf, right, or Billyweef, right, Bulvai depends on what language you're using to say Beowulf, <laughs> right? If you look at that story, when Ahmed was on his way to meet the Northmen uh, the first time. When he first met them, he stayed the night, and the next morning he woke up, and there was a kid who had shown up in a longboat of Vikings, showed up, and they were just sitting there. And the and there was this young kid, about 12, 10, 11, 12, standing on the bow as if he was a statue and just standing there. And he just stayed there. And Ahmed saw this, and eventually he looked at his translator and was talking to Herger, in um, Greek and said, ask him why another ship arrived in the night and standing out on the bow is some kid standing there as if he is a statue. And so he was explaining that Herger was telling and he was trying to translate it and he was explaining that the Vikings believe in all of the uh, elements on the planet and, and what we over here in America would call fog, they called the mist. And the Scottish did too. Most people call it the mist because the truth is, if the fog is thick enough and you're in an area that's far enough above the north, uh, you know, uh, above the equator, the thicker the fog, the more it is a mist of water that is in the air. 
they st would stand there, right, to make sure that they weren't that they were real, because they believe that strange things happened in the mist. Because the vendo, the 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 vendo or the grendel, which translates to the English word grinder, by the way, the vendo, the ven, the the grendel were were uh, people. Right, yeah, so she says uh, mist, which is with Dima. Is that what, how you're saying that? Dima? Uh, the mist, that's what we would call fog. And there, you can disappear into the mist. I've done it. We used to play war games as a kid and play hide and seek or whatever. And I was very aware of, of the fog and how thick it would get. And I could run and hide in it. Once I get more, uh, more you know, really good at, uh, um, Swedish, I'm going to have to call you and we'll have to have, you'll have to teach me more. I'll have conversations. Maybe if you have time, we'll have to do that. I love to find people with other languages. Once I start learning a language and get fluent enough uh, to where I can have conversations to get conversational uh, skills built up over time. Cause eventually I'll be coming to your country. Eventually I'll be going around. I want to be able to speak to people, especially the European countries. I'm learning all of those languages because I, I speak English, which are the American version of it. Uh, which wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for all of those languages. The spelling that we use in our alphabet comes from Futhark, right? And, and uh, most of the words that we use are words that you guys use or used to use, right? Uh, so we, we are on the entire language that I'm speaking to you right now. There isn't a word here that was invented <laughs> until we came up with shit like y'all, right? We invented that, but that wasn't invented until, you know, until slang. And there, so there's slang words. That you know, like like we would over here, we would say bruh, like you were saying bruh, and over in England they say brev, you know, uh, and it means the same thing only with a different inflection of of attitude, right? Because we used to say bruh over here, uh, and then the Hawaiians were the ones who started uh, with that, really saying bruh all the time, and then we started saying bruh instead of bruh or bra or bro. Uh, we started saying brr back in the 90s, right? Because that was a that was more of more of a fuck you than than saying what's up, bro? What's up, brr? You know what I mean? That's like uh, over in England they say brev. What's up, brev? They put a v on the end of it. Brev. What up? You know what I mean? So there's slang stuff, but weird that we all use the same words for the same things of pissing people off. So Nibia, that's where that word comes from. Nibia is or or Nibia. Is is the mist in Italian? See, that's where that word comes from, and we use that word over here too for shizzle. Yeah, Casey, for shizzle, my nizzle, right? When we invent stuff, when, when like, uh, you know, when oh, Slim. Have you seen his commercials? That was used to be one of my old uh, nicknames. You better ask someone, right? Ebonics is 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 funny, right? You better ask someone. I'm fun to tell you something, right? You better ask someone. I'm fun to tell you. Gotta love that, right? But you know what? That's just what happens. So people invent their own uh, dialect off of the language that they speak. Uh, on That's just what happens. It's just the way e that language evolves. So the problem with that, though, which is really good that we're going down that road, because the problem with that is, is that so do stories, if they're not written down, they evolve over time. They evolve down through the ages. That's why you have to, that's why in the Bible it said, you know, these words should not be translated in any way or anything changed. And if you don't, if you do, then you're going to get the curse of God, which they all changed. 
right? I've, I did an, an episode where I talked about that, where I show you the old English version of a Bible and then, and then King James Bible and then the modern American Bible, and they changed the words. They changed the meaning of the sentence and, the, and everything. So the entire uh, flow of the, of the uh, you know, the evolution of the Bible for 2,000 years has completely changed. The Bible that we use today has nothing to do with the Bible. What it does in in theory and in and in what's the word they would use instead of the direct translation, the flavor of the translation, the meaning itself, it's still been distorted. So everything changes, and this is why Joe Rogan made the comment about all these scrolls that everybody is is trying to look for all these dusty scrolls and find the oldest one that they can find. We should be listening to that one because it was written first and all that. When when truly. Which, yeah, I know Broder. I know Broder is his brother, and it's uh, it's also um, uh, you know, almost the same word in um, uh, what should we call it in Danish too. Um, a lot of the words came from the words we use. We use the word brother with a th, and and that originated from uh, Old Svenska, which was Broder, right? Or or brother. Uh, even the Germans, when they say brother, it's it's b u d e r right or b yeah b u instead of b o it's b r u d e r or d d e r uh or bruter depending on how far back you go in the in the uh german language so the weird thing is they all evolve uh back and that a lot of what they're saying now is that most of the stuff evolves back to the svenska and the norwegian most of the language from the north throughout all of the the entire planet on the north uh, including in the Americas, that all of the languages accept, and this is where a lot of people get annoyed, you know, because the Asians like to say, you know, our language was never introduced to the Norwegians, but we know now by genetics that it was. So that that all of the languages from, because uh, 75,000 years ago, when the uh, destruction of the earth happened, when the meteor struck the earth and the volcano erupted, that was 75,000 years ago, the entire population of the planet was killed off except for up in the north. So Norway, Finland, um, Sweden, in that area, the Geats, the, the, the Rus, the Geats, right? Because um, that was, you know, Geatland was there at the time. It's now um, part of, of Sweden and part of um, um, not Norway, but Finland. And uh, or no, it's part of uh, what is is Sweden and south of that. So going into Spain and and below that was Geatland, the Rus. That's the Kievan Rus. The Rus were the other Viking clan that was further east with the Hess, the Hessians, the Russians, the Russians, the Hessians. The Germanic tribes weren't called uh, Germany. People they call themselves Deutschland now. Um, they weren't called Deutschland. Um, I forgot what the word is in Sweden. Your your Swedish word is closer to the original word of what that clan was called uh, at the time, and I forget what it was called. What what, you, what do you call uh, Germany? Uh, you don't call it um, Deutschland like they do, right? And you don't call it Germany like we do. Um, but it's, it means that. It's, but it, what, what is your word for Germany? That word I was just reading that when I was doing uh, Swedish last night, and I was like, "Yeah, there it is. There's the ancient uh, clan name." So the clan names became countries, right? You know, yeah, Viking town, right? We traveled, traveled uh, over there, lived in a in a, a really old Viking town, right? That's the one. 
Triskeland. That was the so the Trisk was the Viking uh, clan that became the, the the northern, the upper crust Germans because the, even the Germans have their lower crust and most of the people are commoners. They were just the they were not the clan, but the Trisk. So you had the Rus, you had the the Hess, the Trisk, the Geats, uh, and if in the Nord, uh, and um, the the uh, the Scand for the Scandinavians, Scand, uh, and I can't remember. Ragnar was a Geat, like like uh, uh, Beowulf. Thor was not. What were they? Were they? Because they I don't remember what they were. But so the so the so Sweden and Finland, uh, the Swedes. I don't know what you guys were originally called. I think it was the the because then you had the 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 Swedish, the the Finnish, right? That's what they call themselves now. But there was a there was a clan that was called something different, um, like the Nords. The Nord, the Northman was the Nordman, and it became Northman because they were up north. And but it was but it's actually was the Nord, and they, so they call themselves Norge, right? So that's what that means, right? Okay. So now she's giving me the right. So she's with the with the yeah. So that was what the so that's what the that is the word that I was looking for. Thank you. So the Nord you had the Nort or N O T C that means Nordman. The Nordtrisk means Nordman. Okay, so that was the original, which became what people know the Norwegian for now with the Nord, and they say Norge on all their stuff for short for Norwegian. Uh, but it was the north, the north, you know, the the Nordic, right? The north, and then that became the Nord, and then it eventually that was what the uh, Arabs called the Sea People were were those people. So people out there, you know, I know I'm giving you guys history, and you're thinking, what does this have to do with a loved one? It actually does because it has to do with heritage, and it has to do with the hierarchy and the different archies of of how things evolved on the planet to get it to where we have the memory that we have today. Okay. And the reason for that is that 75,000 years ago was the was the sixth or the fifth was the fifth because the deluge happened after that was the fourth. I apologize because there was another one after that. The fourth destruction of the human population. Okay, and after that, this is where everybody says that everybody came out of Africa. I have no African DNA in my body whatsoever. None. I went and had my DNA tested, and there is no African DNA. In my my all of my DNA is is European. Okay, all of my DNA, and even the even the part that is considered Native American, is is part Spanish and part of what they would call natives that were not Asian, not Caucasian, but the natives that came here to America that have the blood that came from Europe. Okay, so 100% of my DNA came from Northern. And Western Europe, and then I have well, not 100% because I do have 3% that is what they call Greek Roman, but it's still Southern Europe. So all of my DNA did not originate anywhere besides Europe, according to the people that do that for a living. Not one speck of my DNA came from anywhere besides there. Okay, so why do I say that? What is that? I'm not saying that because oh, I'm an Aryan and I'm a, you know, and I, oh, I'm all about the. That's not that's not what I'm saying that for. The reason I'm saying that is that we now know through genetics because of the out of Australia theory that Stephen and Evan Strong came up with, and I've talked to, and had them on on and interviewed them many times about this. 
they did that study, the Australians did that study, and then further from that, the world decided to check the DNA of all the people, and they can trace back the DNA out of what we, what we would consider Norway now, but it wasn't Norwegian, because that's just what it's called now. That's like saying that the Turkish are, are, are Turks, and they're not. <laughs> right? There are Turks that live in, in Turkey that are Turkish, that are Turks. But that's not who the original people were that were living there. There were people that were older than that that were not, in fact, Turks. The Turks were the ones who conquered it about three and a half thousand years ago. Okay, that's like saying that when Xerxes conquered the known world and found himself way to Greece, that all the people that were, uh, you know, from that point on were his kin, but they weren't. Uh, and, but, uh, but then, you know, that's like saying right after that, the Greeks conquered the world. So is everybody Greek? No, there's so many people that are not. You see my point? So this is why I'm, I'm going back into history and finding this stuff out. So, But they did find that, and this is what people don't want to, to know, right? And why am I saying this? I've said this before, because the, the Vikings were a lot further uh, imported around the world than people thought. And But the people that are trying to be in charge now, this is where we're getting into the law of one, the nefariousness that is here that is claiming uh, the throne of the earth for themselves are not even related to those people. If they were, if the Queen of England, in fact, was related to Thor, the god of thunder and lightning, like she suggested she was, and Beowulf, then she would have been claiming that the Vikings were in America before the Italians were, before the, before the Spanish and Portuguese were. But that's not, in fact, what they're claiming. They're claiming that, that they have rights to America through Christopher Columbus, who was, in fact, a knight. Uh, he was in fact a temple knight. Okay, and he was not, and he was not Spanish. He was not Portuguese. He was Italian, and he went to the Queen of Spain because nobody else would give him ships. And the Queen of Spain, who was only like seventeen or eighteen at the time, gave him ships: the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria to to come over here to America. And when he got here, he claimed it not for Spain, although he did. But then he, uh, and then he eventually claimed it for Italy, and that's why he lost all of his money and everything, and, and, uh, and then ended up poor by the time he died. A lot of people don't know that. Okay, so, so the, the reason that I'm telling you all this is because they don't want you to know about these other times when the earth was had been destroyed, so they would rather you believe that everybody came from Africa because they consider the all Africans to still be slaves. Right. And they don't want you thinking and, and paying attention to your DNA, because if you are, in fact, related to and start looking into Viking races, then you start hearing theories. Ragnar talked about it. That was a true story, by the way. Everything you saw that happened in Vikings was pretty close to real history, give or take a few things where they made a few mistakes and, and assumptions. And they talked about that even on their own show when they were doing the investigative part towards the end of their of the show itself they started actually investigating because a lot of people like me were going um you know you guys are claiming that that uh, you know the names of these people like rollo and that he was a brother of ragnar and rollo actually was 200 years after ragnar uh and, and they i think they got it down to maybe 100 years right and then uh what's his name um Ivar the boneless they're like oh yeah he was he was carried around on his shield because he had no he had no bones and it turns out they finally figured out they didn't call him that because he had no bones. They called him that because he was impotent and he couldn't get a boner and he couldn't have sex. So they called him Ivar the Boneless. 
That's why he was so mean and nasty and evil. He's probably gay and was afraid to admit it. But either way, the man was impotent, and that's why they called him that. And Ragnar Northbrook, no one even realized what that meant. Ragnar, right, Northbrook, right, his name meant soggy bottom, saggy pants. Because he, he made his own clothes, and his, he didn't make them to where they fit right, and his ass hang, hung down, and it looks like he had a, a sack of shit in his pants all the time. And so they called him Saggy Bottoms, right? And so that was his nickname. So his name was Ragnar Northbrook because Soggy Bottoms, Northbrook means Soggy Bottoms. People don't realize it. Or the other way around, Ragnar means rag, Saggy Pants. People don't realize that. Right. And so they, they think that things just, you know, scientists do that. They go and they find this big coliseum and they go, and it was a religion all of a sudden. It wasn't a sporting event like we have. Right. A, a, a thousand years from now, if, if they go and find a, a freaking stadium, are they going to say, well, this is where all the people came for their religious right. And it was a fucking football game. Right. Some of them were just fucking sports arenas. They weren't religions. But they were like, well, they were primitive. So it must have been a religion. Right. And, and they all believe that. And I've my entire life I've gone, what if they were just there to like sell shit? What if that was a bazaar where they had a swap meet every every fucking once a year or barbecued shit? Or what if that was a place they had a big sporting event and it had nothing to do with the religion whatsoever? Right. And they could never sell me on showing me that there was a religion there. This is a place where they had a sacrifice. Oh, and so all places throughout all of history except now would sacrifice bodies. Is that what it is? They all sacrifice people, right? But now we've grown out of that. But for the first 100 million years that we were here, we always murdered things. I never bought into that. And so here, this is why I'm telling you all this, because you need to realize that the, what they're telling you is not true. So the, the, the throne where they're claiming that they own the planet they're claiming it through a, a lie that is not even a truth anyways. These people that claim they own this planet are, in fact, Luciferians. Lucifer was not the devil. He's just been, they just put him into that role. Lucifer was a, was a human person who came from another planet and got stranded here on this planet by his own people who tried to murder off the human race. And they stayed here and got stranded here and built the cities out of their spaceships because their spaceships could no longer fly. That is actually truth. Those were the people that lived in Atlantis. And when they had a war, the people that tried to leave, some of them were leaving because they were trying to kill the people that were living here, not the humans, but the, but the people that were aliens because the aliens were trying to keep these people as slaves. So there was a big war, and they left, and they stranded evil people on this planet. That's where you get the theory that this is a penal colony. Okay, that's where you get that from. The story of this being a prison planet was that these people who are nefarious were trapped here because they were evil and they were doing evil things to the human race. And unfortunately, the human race was collateral in that problem. This is, no, this is not a penal colony. It never has been. But those people were left here and those people spread that word to tell everybody that you were all slaves. And that's how they conquer people when the people got here who were the Orion Crusaders, which is what Raw is warning us about, by the way, is, is that they came here and were like, There's this, this is a penal colony and you're stuck here. Okay. And that's, and we're your saviors and we'll get around to saving you, but you have to let us come. To, that's how they do that. They do that with everything and they plant a seed from, from what was before. Right. 
that's what I'm trying to tell you and 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 to to understand why we're stuck. You have to understand what's going on here to realize that what what is it that Rawls trying to warn us about? There's a group of people who got here who lied to the people on this earth to get boots on the ground and they got here. And then they corrupted all of the knowledge on the ground and have been ever since and keeping everyone here as slaves and you're stuck. And then you started calling out for help and people heard that and they came here. Okay. Some people who came here like raw fucked us up. They came here and did more damage than they did good. And because of that, we're stranded here and they're here still because they're trying to help fix what they screwed up. Raw tells you that in the first freaking 10 uh, uh, sessions. So you have to understand, there's that word again, you have to, you have to understand, you have to, you have to discern the truth of what is going on now, currently, what went on in the past to really actually get what has happened and what is happening and why. So when people say, I don't want to hear anything about politics, I just want to hear about the law of one. I want to hear what Raw has to say. This is the stuff Raw couldn't tell you, but we're always trying to. And you, you'll hear that as we go. I'll say, here we go. And this is where he's pointing out that. This is where they're pointing out this. This is where they're pointing out that. Okay. And everybody is expecting that I'm going to be one of those guys that's literally just going to stay linear on point, translating word for word, just the words that Raw spoke, because Raw must be some prophet that came down and, tra and came through between 1981 and 1984, and there's no one else. And then the Jews say Jesus didn't wasn't a prophet either, and Muhammad wasn't a prophet either, because only theirs, that there's further back, were the real prophets. And then you have other religions that are older that go, none of those people are telling the truth. They're all based on my religion. The longer you take that linear thought process, the longer you hide your head in the sand, and don't start looking at a larger picture. The longer you try to break it down to what religion is the right religion, what scrolls are the right scrolls, that is what they want you to do is be convinced that you're supposed to look for the one thing. Right? I know. Jeanette said, damn, we're old. Right? Well, our souls are. You're right. You're absolutely right in what you're saying. <laughs> right? And that is the truth. I mean, well, and the truth is if you really trace our souls back far enough, we are the one. So we are the ones who created the entire universe. So how old are we? We're older than time because we created it. So... And that, that's where you will you'll get to when you start to realize this stuff. But you have to become aware of what's happening to you to actually glean the truth of what they did and why. So that that is the part of the law of one that they were not they couldn't give anything that wasn't questioned by Dawn. So they were trying to answer Dawn's questions, and Dawn wasn't asking the right questions. 
Okay. And I, every time I hear Don asking questions, I'm like, why didn't he ask this? Why didn't he ask that? And that's when I, I go, well, okay, hold on, Leo. You're basing your knowledge on what you know now. Go back in your mind to 1981 and what you knew then. And think about what you would have asked then. And then I look around. I put myself in that place. I'm in 1981 to 1984 before Don killed himself. Right, and I'm and I'm looking around at at the the awakeness of everyone in the universe or in the world at the time, right? And what were people saying? Even the ones that I thought were crazy, and there was only you know one per million if you were lucky. The fact that uh, me saying what I'm saying now would have gotten me taken off the air. I would have been taken off Facebook if it existed back then. Would have shut me down for saying what I'm saying to you now. No one would have even listened. Hardly anyone listens to me on these channels now. More people listen to my my broadcast on the MP3 files than on here. But I put them on here because I'm using every platform that I can put them on. So that they're out here on the, in the ether forever and different multiple platforms for people to find. Because I know not everything that Raw knows, but I know a lot. I know close because I know all of the the stuff that's going on because I am in contact with. Okay, so I know what's going on in the on-world, off-world, not 100%. Not everybody knows 100%, right? But the, 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 the more awake I become, the more I'm getting this stuff, and the more I get these communications, the more I uh, get what's going on in the universe, the more I realize and figure out and go, oh, crap, and remember. Right, and so I'm trying to give you guys this this information. I did the same thing with my sister. My sister's having a panic attack. It's been running for three months now. Not a joke. Every single day for 90 days or more now, she's been in a panic attack and she can't stop herself. And I know, and I keep trying to tell her what's going on and how to fix that. And then she goes to to professionals, and she says, "Yeah, so I had my conversation at a, a you know video meeting with a psychiatrist or psychologist or one of those." And I was like, what did they say? And she says, this woman said everything you said. And I'm like, see, okay, so your brother does know something. I don't have a PhD, but I told you exactly what the professional person that you had to pay for told you. Right? I mean, I didn't say that to her. I didn't say, I told you so. I didn't say that. That's ego. Right? But but in my mind, I was like, well, it, it, she's not paying for it anyway because she has government. She's on Social Security, so the government's paying for it. Right? But I'm glad that that person said what I said because it made me feel better, right? Okay, well, what I am saying, that's what the professionals are saying, <laughs> right? I could, be, I could be getting paid a shit ton of money for that. No, no. unfortunately, Casey says, what, what do you tell her to help her with her anxiety? I tell her everything that I'm telling you guys now, uh, to, you know, to, uh, about or not like all of the stuff about politics and the world being... Uh, you know, taken over by evil, but not that part. That'd freak her out even more, right? But I, t I tell her, I tell her, the, you know, the, the anxiety. First of all, anxiety usually comes from uh, just a few things. I was going to be a psychiatrist. I was going to be a psychologist. I don't believe in psychiatry because psychiatry, they just give you drugs, right? I was actually going to be a, a, psychi a psychologist at one point. Uh, but then I decided that I that I, I we could better help the world by doing that for the whole planet, instead of paying individuals to just help them fix their their own little teeny mind, without using 
politics or religion or any of those things, right? Because that's what they do. And the, the truth is they don't want you healthy, most of them, because they make a living at it. So they need you to keep coming back until they can see that it's redundant and that you're catching on. And then they go, I don't think you need to see me anymore, right? Because it's not helping, right? So, you know, I, I, you know, I asked her questions to start with, right? Because most of the time, the, the psychosis, if you want to call it that, it comes from a few things. Either there's there's things in her life that happened to her that she's hiding even from herself. And those things are now boiling over and bubbling up and that is manifesting in a, in a, in a way of fear. So she was abused in some way, physically, mentally, sexually, all of the above. That's, that's one region. Then there's chemical imbalance. That's another uh, area, you know, then there's uh, spiritual imbalance. And most psychiatrists and psychologists don't want to go down that road. But the truth is, most of that, including, including schizophrenia and those things, most of that is bleed over that's happening. And this is where they don't want to, they, they don't want you saying this to people because they don't want you knowing the answer to this. Most people who hear voices in their head and have multiple personalities. They're actually having bleed over like a squelch, like if you're if you're talking on a on a citizen band radio or you're talking on a microphone over speakers and they set it too high and it squeals, right? Or or, or if you're broadcasting with a very strong signal and it and it bleeds over to the radio signals and takes and so you can start hearing that, like if you're on the phone and you're talking to somebody in the old phones and you can hear somebody else talking, where the lines get crossed, that's a bleed over. And with the human race on this population on this planet have been or being stuck. Raw talks about this at some point, by the way, about the psychological problems. And most people have these questions, like even Eckhart Tolle will tell you this. He has the, you know, these people that are that are the, the gurus and the sat gurus and the yogis. Um, most of it is a bleed over of your own personality and or you being able to, unfortunately, not stop yourself from shifting to realities to where you are those people and you're hearing those personalities in your mind. And the reason for that is like sleep deprivation. This is not what I'm telling my sister, by the way, because she doesn't have that going on. But like sleep deprivation, eventually, if you don't get enough rest for your brain, you start to go crazy. Right. And you get a little twitchy and things. Reality becomes blurred. Your soul is going through that same shock. Being stuck here on this planet, if you've been here for for 400 years, 800 years, most people for 100,000 or more. The the shock of being stuck here, you start getting bleed over from life to life. Some of that is deja vu's. Right. Some of that is deja vu's. But most of the multiple personality disorders that happen are not, in fact, a chemical imbalance in the brain. And they don't know what is causing it because the doctors won't go down a spiritual road in any way. So it can't be esoteric in a spiritual sense. It has to have something to do with the physical reality once again with no god in involved in it that's what they believe right 
but most of the problems that people have, especially panic attacks, are just small minor things. But it, but the reason that people and Ra talks about this, the reason that people are committing suicide more and more, or popping off and doing crazy shit more and more, and having severe problems psychologically, is because we're pushing to get people to graduate. Some people just are nowhere near ready to. Not because they're they've been stuck here for a hundred thousand years and they and they're just not ready to do it, but because their soul isn't old enough yet. They're collateral damage in all of this. Okay. So a lot of what's going on for a younger soul that doesn't understand what's happening to them, they're not ready to make a decision. And most of the time it's nefarious people. I'll be honest with you. Most, most of the time, I started to read what you were saying, and I started coming out with the word multi because you said multifaceted, right? The reasons are mental health issues uh, like anxiety. Yes, I believe, she says, yes, I believe it's, it's multifaceted. Oh, and, and it is. Because there's many different things that cause it. and that, But they, they know that too, but they won't admit like half of the things that, that cause mental anguish, okay? They won't admit that there's a spiritual level to that. They won't admit that some people are have been stranded here so fucking long that they're just fucking tired, man. Their brain, they're well, they're worn the fuck out. They don't know why. They're confused. They don't understand why they haven't graduated. They should have graduated, and it's in their subconscious, right? And they don't know that it's that it's that that's what's bothering them. And then you have people that are that are having the multiple phase things issues happening. Right. And so they're just like, I don't understand why there's just so much going on in my head and it's all jumbled up. Well, that's because you've been on this planet for fucking 200,000 years. and You were only supposed to be here for 10,000. Right. So that's why we're pushing to get everybody straightened out as fast as possible, because some of these people are being harmed by it. And the truth is, because of all the nuclear explosions that we've had on this planet. Everybody's souls are also damaged from that, mine included, yours, mine, and everyone on the planet that are living within this radiation belt that they're claiming is not a radiation belt, has damaged our immortal soul. So we're also a little fucking twitchy, okay? We're not thinking straight on this planet because we can't, because we've done damage to ourselves from all the nuclear weapons. This is shit that they don't want to tell you because they don't want to scare you people that might be on the edge of flipping the fuck out. And I'm saying this stuff. If my sister were on here right now, she'd probably have a fucking panic attack over it. So a lot of the stuff that I'm saying is taboo, even in this industry. And a lot of people don't like me for saying this stuff for being truthful. But we have to factor all this shit in to the well-being of the people we're trying to help. Pretending that it's not there and it's not an issue doesn't mean it's not. This is the parable, right, of the story that I was just saying about not believing in, in science, not believing in a thing doesn't mean the sky's not blue in the daytime. Because <laughs> at night it's, in, in fact, black. Right? So, so there are many things that cause anxiety that have nothing to do with environmental in your life. Many things that do. It, you have to figure out what those are. The first thing you have to do, and this is my, my Native American background, the first thing that you have to realize is, is that you're in control of your mind. 
it's this your strength is you you are your strength and you have to regain that and stop thinking like a victim when people are you know they they buy into society because society always says i'm gonna lose it man i'm gonna fucking lose it what are you going to lose what is what's going to be a loss of yours i'm gonna lose my fucking mind are you where is it gonna go if you're gonna lose it are you gonna drop it on the ground is it going to get up and walk out of your head none of those things are true so why do we use that vernacular because it was taught to us leo why was that taught to us it was taught to us so that we would think i can actually lose my mind that suggests to you that you're not in control of your mind that's a lie okay so, but that's the that's what's being taught to you, so that you don't think you're in control of your mind. Therefore, when your ego starts to try and take control of your mind, you listen to the ego because you get associated with your mind and your thinking. And if you're associated with thinking and the thinking mind, this is the biggest problem that we run into when we teach. If you watch Eckhart Tolle, if you watch uh, Sat Guru from South America, if you watch what's his name, I can't think of his name right now. That that Hindu, the Indian guy, uh, who has that really thick Indian accent, I can't think of his name. I watch him on YouTube. Any of these guys around the world, even the Dalai Lama, any of these guys around the world that are trying to teach you what I'm trying to teach you now, the biggest questions that they have out of the audience have to do with mental anguish, more than spirituality. Okay, mental problems over and then then when you get the people that are really awake and they're and they're really close to being awake then you get a lot of the questions that have to do with the spiritual uh not religion that's why i always try to draw the difference between religion and spirituality because being spiritual is being is being the right path being religious means that you're following a doctrine of of money making um uh you know corporation so that's why I always ask people, are you spiritual? I don't ask people, are you religious? I'm not very religious. Neither am I. And I've been knighted by the Roman Catholic fucking church. <laughs> okay. And I'm not religious. Okay. And to be knighted by the Roman Catholic church, by the way, it goes back further than the English crown. So everyone's like, oh, well, you weren't knighted by the queen? Well, that doesn't mean anything then. I'm sorry. The term knighthood? was invented by the Roman Catholic Church and militaries that go back hundreds of thousands of years before the king and queen ever were invented. Okay? <laughs> so knights were something that were involved before the monarchy. Monarchies evolved from that. Evil people taking over the government and continuing the same form only under their rule. Hence the term monarchy. Okay? This is why one of the oracles calls me the history book, not just of this planet, but this, of the universe as well, because I know more shit than I'm supposed to know, and it's stuck in my fucking brain. Brought most of it with me. I realize that now. Collected everything in, from every lifetime. That's why I have a thing for languages, and I'm teaching myself 20, 21 or 22 languages. I realized, I kept thinking to myself, I, I want to... I want to learn these languages because I want to be fluent. And then I realized this. I just what you said here a second ago, um, Jeanette, when you said uh, more memory every day. I realized the reason I like all of these languages that are the European languages is because I used to speak every single one of them. And I want to speak every language on the earth. And I realized I already have. 
and I know all of those languages in a in a memory in my DNA because I was there at some point. And that's why these languages, and because of my DNA being all European, all the European languages are familiar to me on a DNA level, and I can feel that. So I know when I'm learning these languages, I'm like, I used to speak this language as a part of my DNA that was once sentient and spoken language. And it's in your DNA. And the, the more, and this is why I brought this up, Jeanette, because you said uh, I have more memory every day. The more you wake up every day and the more you become in tune with your body, this has to do with, Casey, about um, mental anguish as well. The more you become in tune with your body, the more you become in tune with your spirit. And the more you become in tune with those, your, your, you know, your, your whole, as Ra would say, you know, uh, spirit, mind, body, complex, totality, not just complex, but the totality. The more you become familiar with all of that and start balancing it all, your DNA factors into that and every part of your DNA. So that includes language. That includes taste in, in cultures and foods and all of that. So when your DNA is a certain DNA, you have that means there's a part of your makeup that is and was that language, that food, that way of life as well as all every other piece that's in your DNA that is from around the entire planet. It's in there somewhere, right? Yeah, the kundalini energy is the totality. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't uh, draw that, but Jeanette did in the, in, the, uh, in the chat. So your spirit, mind, body, complex totality, the Eastern philosophical word would be for that would be kundalini. We would call that one body, one spirit, one mind, all of that. So, the, so when you become in tune with all of that and start balancing all of that and you realize the kundalini, because your DNA is the kundalini. So when you balance all of those things, you start waking up to your potential of what you are. Some of that bleeds over when your body is pushing for that to happen. And your spirituality hasn't caught up to it yet. You haven't made a decision. And a lot of people get anxiety because of that. Okay. So a lot of anxiety is stemmed from things happening on a physical level that pushes someone to that. Politics, COVID, all of that that's going on, religion, losing a job, having a divorce. All of those things could push you over the edge. Look at that guy that just ran over that 16-year-old kid and killed him because he thought he was a MAGA supporter. And he was part of some, this is what he claims. I think that's the new insanity, right? I think that's going to be the new insanity. People are going to kill people and go, I thought he was some the crazy MAGA guy that was this, a satanic MAGA white supremacist and he was going to come get me, man. I had to kill him, man. That's going to be the new, it's already happened. That guy claims that he believes he, that he killed the kid because the kid said something. I think he just fucking snapped. Did he really become you know, full of anxiety and think that? It is possible. I'm not saying he's lying because I'm not in his head. I haven't interviewed him, so I can't say that man just made that shit up. But I think that that's going to be a great cop-out for people to do. I thought they were these, these ultra-maga because that's they're giving them. It's convenient. They're giving it to them to have a, a reason to become violent and to harm people in this country and use that for that, for that reason. They're hoping it does happen for that reason. They're hoping people start murdering people. That's why they're saying it. 
Okay. So there are triggers that happen, right? If I say Donald Trump, that some of you are going to hang up on me because I said Donald Trump. If I say Donald Trump's going to get elected in, in the next election, I'm, I'm going to get half the country hating my guts. I can do that on Twitter right now. Twitter will be in. Okay. Because that, but why and how has everybody got pushed to this point? Right. It's because the, the people that are in charge want everybody to live in fear because people that are in fear are easier to control. This is an actual thing you can look up. Psychologically, if you want to control a population, you need to have that population live in fear of something, of each other, of the world, of a big bad boogeyman, of an alien coming down to get you, of the Bigfoot, something. And it doesn't matter if you have to spread it across the board. Okay? And so anxiety has a trigger, and you have to figure out what that trigger is. So for someone who has anxiety, first thing you have to do is get them to start thinking in a positive way and not a negative way. You have to work with them and convince them to stop thinking all negative thoughts. That was the whole secret, the secret to the movie and the, and the, and the ideology that was called The Secret back in the 90s. Was, was it was given to the population because they knew what was coming. And they were showing people how to get the negative thoughts out of your mind and out of your way of life. And that's true. It is true. that The secret is true. That if you become aware of it, this is why I say all the time, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. I say that for a reason. The trap is the ego. The trap is the negativeness. So you, you have to realize what's triggering you. It's your own thoughts. So what's happening to you that's causing you to think this way? I don't know. I don't know. That means you don't want to know. You're hiding from what's going on. I haven't said that to my sister either because I don't know if she could handle that right now. Okay? So the first step is to teach her that she's in a trap so that she can get herself out of it by, by realizing that there's something going on and that she's the one who's the catalyst of the negative thoughts and get her to fight against her own negative thoughts and empower her to ignore her own negative thoughts. That's the beginning. Once you start getting someone, and I told her that, once you get to a point where you're tired of being this way and, you're, and you keep thinking, I want everything just to go back to normal, right now she's taking anxiety meds and she goes, I don't feel normal. I'm like, wait a minute, let's talk about what is normal for you. What's normal for you is... You don't, you, you're in an anxiety state of fear 24-7 in a panic. That's normal for you. That's what you've been your whole life. So what you're feeling right now is normal. You just don't know that because you don't feel normal because you're saying, I don't want to feel like this because it makes me feel weird. Well, you're feeling weird because what you're used to is fear. So you have to embrace the way you feel now. Well, it's making me harder to think. Okay, so this is what I said to her today. So does that mean that you're, it's making you harder to think negatively or you're having a hard time thinking in general? Well, I don't think as fast as I did before. Well, let's talk about how that worked out for you before you were on the medicine. What happened to you when your thinking was, didn't you say you were out of control? So now would you say that you're in control or out of control? So I had to work with her on the anxiety medication, and this is what I'm working on with her now on. When you're on the anxiety medication, you're not thinking 100,000 miles a microsecond all fear and all negative shit, are you? 
So I had to get her to realize that. Well, no, I guess I'm not. Then stop, right? Then just, why don't you just take a breath because you're not in a panic because she was looking for something now to wind up for. I said, stop looking for something to give you a panic attack because you're not having a panic attack. You say you don't like the way you're feeling and now you're starting to work yourself into a panic attack. See, so now there's the trap. You have to avoid that trap, right? And and then she then she calls and she texts me back and she's like I worked myself into a goddamn panic attack and I'm like all right now was it because I told her that right was that my mistake it was because I told her that I gave her that thought and she ran with that thought until she turned into a panic attack or was she going to go there anyways I'm like well I can't help her if I don't explain to her what's happening so if I try to pretend that and put kid gloves on then she's just going to be medicated until she just forgets to have a panic attack that's what they do to you. Okay. If you can live with taking the anxiety medicine and then feel it and not try to give yourself a panic attack anyways, they'll just say, whenever you get anxious, take one of these. And then you ever, you'll get anxious. You go, fuck, I'm going to take a, oh my God, I better take one. And then you take one and you go, whoo, and then you start, you're dependent on the drug. You're not fixing that person. You're giving them a drug dependency. Pharmaceutical companies are okay with that, and most psychologists are okay with that because they get paid by the pharmaceutical company to prescribe it to you. The longer you're on it, the more money they make, as long as you're their patient. That's true. Some people called that a conspiracy theory until I proved it during COVID. The news agency asked the government. The government said, yes, <laughs> we pay $75,000 for anybody who cares for somebody who has COVID, and then when they die, but they wouldn't admit that they made $7.7 .7 million off of donors by, by farming their body out. No one wants to go there yet. That's part of the stuff that they don't want to get in trouble for later, right? That's part of why the government wants a 50-year rollout for the UFO thing and aliens, because if people start realizing there's aliens, they're going to start asking other questions. And when they start asking other questions, it's going to come out that they've been selling us to slavery and to trade uh, trading us for food and and for other things and, and selling a, 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 them to come down and, and look at our DNA and do tests on us for technology. And they can't have that knowledge being known. So they're trying to keep that knowledge away from the human population as, fat, as long as they can. That's what Ra was trying to warn us about. Right. Denise, in your, she says, Denise says, I talk to myself, breathe, think first, and just don't react to what has triggered me. That is what you have to do. I have anxiety attacks. I used to have them all the time. I'm the only one in my family that's not currently on medication for anxiety. Why? Because I do exactly what you just said. I talk to myself in my head and go, no, no, relax, breathe. You're in charge here. Lower your, meditate here. Lower your breathing rate. Lower your heart rate. You're fine. And inside my mind's going, ah, ah, ah. And I'm going, shh, calm down. You're fine. Do, what was it that triggered me? Stop the trigger. I got triggered by something. What was it? Think, think, right? Think. And then, and then I think about the other triggers, politic triggers and shit like that, right? Any kind of trigger that would trigger me in a way. Uh, and I had done, and I'm not perfect. So I'm not saying I'm, I don't have them happen. And I'm not saying that I've eradicated all of them because I haven't. But it's taking me a whole lifetime to get to that point to, of doing that, right? And so I'm aware of it. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So I'm aware of it. And I, yeah, usually a family, right? Usually your family, I know. Well, a family, they know the buttons to push. 
So they're the ones that trigger you more than more than tw Twitter or whatever, right? Twitter shouldn't be called Twitter. It should be called Trigger, right? It should be called Trigger, not Twitter. I call it Trigger when I'm talking to people. I was on Trigger a few minutes ago. They're like, Trigger, what's that? And I'm like, oh, you know it is Twitter. And little bird, tweet, tweet. But the truth is it's Trigger because everything on there is just people triggering each other uh, over over the religion of nefariousness. Right, and that—that's what TikTok is too. TikTok, and then you have that other part that has nothing to do with anything at all, and it's just people having fun and and uh, women showing off their their bodies without showing off their bodies, and men showing off their bodies without showing off their bodies. Although men can show off almost all of their body, and women can all, can show off. You know, they can't show off their privates or their boobs. Men can show off their boobs. I think if men can show off their boobs, women should be showing off their boobs too, right? But I like women boobs, so I'll look at them, right? But if everybody was walking around naked all the time, nobody would care because everybody saw everybody naked. It's the hiding the naked part that makes people perverts. Right? That's the same thing when it comes to spirituality, guys. It's the same thing when it comes to knowledge, guys. There is no difference. If you make something taboo, everyone, all kids are going to want to do it because they're going to want to know. That means there must be something cool about doing it. Don't have sex until you're ready to have sex. I'm ready to have sex right now. I'm ready to have sex 24 hours a day. Right. And and but I mean, that's the truth of it. Right. You don't want to have sex with that girl. There was a girl today that was on Trigger. And she was actually on TikTok. Somebody sent it to my, my brother did. And she gets on there and she's like full on Ebonics, but she's white. Right. So she's she's what we would call a Uyghur. Right. She was one of those one of those white niggas. Right, and I don't mean nigger like as in I'm, I'm being racist against black people. I'm using the term uh, meaning ignorant American because that's what we are. Right. I told my family we're niggers, but you guys just don't want to admit it. We're trash. We're trying to trash. My whole family is right. We're just trash. But then they get mad. I have one niece who gets really angry when I say that. And I'm like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that to only you. You're the only one who's being triggered by it. So she gets on there and she says, all right, hear me out. Hear me out, y'all. A lot of you funning on me saying, oh, hell no. She had sex with him on the first date. She a hoe. She said, hear me out, hear me out, y'all, right? And I agree with what she was saying. She says, look, yes, I did have sex with him on the first date, right? And let me tell you why. I don't want to wake up 20 years down the road and realize I've been faking an orgasm because I wanted to be with that person, and now I realize I don't want to be with this person. This was a fucking test drive. I want to make sure this motherfucker knows what he's doing sexually or I don't want anything to do with him. So if you got that far and had sex with me on the first date, consider yourself lucky because I decided to test drive you. I thought enough of you to test drive you. I laughed my ass off. I thought she, that was, she was telling the truth. And I was like, that's badass, right? She's like, hell yeah, I did. I thought enough of him to think we might have something that happened later on. And I wanted to make sure that he knew how to fuck me right. These are her words. So I test drove that motherfucker. And if I don't call you back, you got some learning to do. And I was like, see, dude, if you got into her pants, she was actually good looking too. Dude, if you got, I'd, I'd fuck her on the first date. If she didn't call me and I'd be like, wow, what the fuck did I do? Because I usually don't have that problem. I've never had that problem. I'm not kidding. I'm not saying that. Just try and think I'm cool. I don't have women on the first. I don't have sex with women early because I want to make sure because they're going to get sprung on me when I do. That's the truth of it. And anybody who knows me, will tell you that in life, that I tell them that. No, I haven't just slept with her yet because if I do, she's going to be sprung on me. I want to make sure I want to be with her before I have sex with her because if I don't, 
she, I'm going to have a hard time getting rid of her. That is the truth of it. That's I'm not saying that because I think I'm cool. And if you and anybody who knows me will laugh and go, no, 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 he's been like this my whole life ever since I've known him. So either I've had ego issues my entire life sexually, but women have never dumped me and said, I've never had anybody except when they get pissed off go, yeah, you were bad in bed too, really. You wanted to fuck me for fucking two years every fucking day. Was it because you thought you were teaching me something? Is that why I had to teach you everything? So I'm so bad in bed? Right? You know, that's funny. That's why I won't sleep with young women because I don't want to have to teach them everything. People are like, wouldn't you want to sleep with somebody who's a hooker? I'm like, what, well, ex hooker? Yeah. Why? Because they know how to do everything. I don't have to teach them shit. If somebody knows what the fuck they're doing, knows how to please somebody and herself. So we'll have a good time. I don't have to teach them how to do everything. No teeth. That's my biggest thing. Don't use your teeth, please. Please don't use your teeth. My penis, some guys like that. My penis does not like your teeth scraping on my penis. It's sensitive. And every time you do that, I go, oh, my God, stop that. Just use your lips and your tongue, please. Right? And drink out of it like it's a straw. (laughs) Your girls are like, oh, my God, I cannot fucking believe he just did that and went there. But no, some guys are like, yeah, use your teeth. That dude has got a problem, right? He wants somebody to hurt him. It hurts. It hurts using your teeth. If you nick my, my especially the, the, the ridge on the head of my penis, you touch that with your teeth. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, don't take that. will come off. Don't do that, please. Just use your, your tongue and your lips, please. <laughs> I don't say that I'm being mad, but I've, I've had to go, could you please don't, don't put <laughs> teeth on there. I know Denise is like, that's fucking hilarious, right? I lay on the floor, she says. I like that, too. On the floor. Somebody, you know, when people say, I wouldn't kick that out of bed, I I always say I would if there was more room on the floor. I don't care where it is. I'll kick her out of bed. I'll put her on the table, on the chair, on the the hood of the car, up in the kitchen, on the sink, in a hammock. I don't care. As long as we're having sex, I don't care where it is. Upside down in a hammock, it's fine. I've had sex in the hammock. That's actually kind of fun. A little hard. Roll the wrong way too hard, and you're on the fucking ground. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. So, all right. So now I'm now I'm going. Ariel would love this if she were here, right? Ariel loves this shit. If Ariel was here, she'd be having a blast right now. So I'm going to stop. Okay. My 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 whole point is before I got off on the sexual tangent, see what happens. The man and me came out, and I just became a dog. And I'm sitting there going, roar, 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 dog will hunt. Chasing a pussy around a tree. Roar, 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 roar. So it runs up in the tree and I'll sit there barking at it. Somebody come chop this tree down so I can get to that. Anyway. So we have to realize. Right? <laughs> Sorry. Right? See Casey anytime, anywhere, right? Any place, anytime, anywhere. See, I like Casey. I like her attitude. Right. Because that's true. I mean, the, the truth is I've done it almost everywhere. People are like, where's the weirdest place you've done it? That was a question, by the way. There was a story. I got to tell you this. Right. And this is where my brother-in-law and I and all of his friends, we all call, you know, Ariel would love this. We all call each other Bob. And people are like, why do you guys all call yourselves Bob? Because on 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 one of the sh- late night shows when they were doing the, it was a, a, a match game PM back in the day. One of the episodes, the guy's name, I don't remember what his host's name was, but it, his name was Bob. I don't remember what his last name was. And one of the questions to the newlywed couple, to the woman, was where was, and they couldn't say have sex back then because it was in the 70s, where was the strangest place you guys made whoopee whoopee? And she said that would be in the butt, Bob. They meant where was the strangest place 
you guys had sex and she took it as where was the straight and then she said in the in the butt that would be in the butt bob so from that point on my my brother-in-law and his friends started calling each other bob all the time for everything well that'd be an ashtray bob that would be and so everybody started calling each other bob to this day 30 years later right and we was in reruns when they saw that but 30 years later we still call each other bob and people are like why do you guys call each other bob we just start laughing Right. And that's because of that. I still call him Bob. He still call I'll see him and he'll go, Bob, I'll go, Bob. And people are like, wait, they need one of those names or Bob. Why do they call each other Bob? Funny story with that. We went up to Reno right, in Nevada. We went gambling. We were in a casino and we're, we're playing cards at the blackjack table. I think we're playing blackjack. Yeah, we were playing blackjack. We're at a blackjack table and we were doing really fucking good. And we were starting to run on the blackjack table because we all started working together and there was him his wife me and his sister who was my wife and uh then other people that were sitting at the table started realizing that we were all betting against the house and if we all played against the house and paid attention to each other and what we were doing which was a form of counting cards without counting cards right because it's not illegal because you're not actually counting cards but you're paying attention to what other people have not showing your hand but every time somebody chose their hand you're paying attention to what they're having. And if you all don't, if you all start taking care of each other instead of just betting against the house and ignoring everyone else, you can get the table to, to run. And we started running the table. And to the point where one guy was sitting there and his wife called him and he said, No, you need to come down here. This table's really fucking hot. Everybody knows what they're doing here. And we're all playing against the house and we're fucking winning. We sat there for eight hours, not kidding you. We sat there for eight hours and I and I started, we were winning so much money, I started telling everybody to put money in their pockets. Start putting chips in your pocket because we're getting a big pile on the table and people are watching and someone's going to grab us, you know. And so they started doing that. And we ended up leaving like maybe $200 or $300 each on the table. And we had thousands of dollars in our pockets, tens of thousands of dollars by the time we were done. Uh, we were putting them on the bed and laying on them because we all had so much money. We just divvied it up at that point because we were all just winning and betting and winning. So we just said, you know, for the four of us, whatever we win, we're just going to split between all four of us. And we all just started loading the shit into our fucking pockets. And I don't remember what it was, but it was over $10,000 that we won. Right. Not a joke that we split all that. So we were calling the guy, Bob, the pit boss kept coming and watching us. And they kept changing dealers and changing the decks because they thought we were counting cards and we had some system. And so they had just, I mean, they knew. But they couldn't figure out how to accuse us of, of cheating. So the pit boss, we kept calling him Bob. And no, I wasn't paying attention, and neither was my brother-in-law. And I looked up at one point when he came over, and his name was Robert. <laughs> his name really was Bob. And I, I was realizing he wasn't getting annoyed that we were calling him Bob or asking why we were calling him Bob. Hey, Bob, how you doing? New, new dealer again, Bob? And I never looked at his name badge for a couple of hours, and neither did Kevin, my, my brother-in-law. And all of a sudden, I looked at his name badge, and I started laughing. And Kevin looks at me, and he goes, what are you laughing at? And I said, you know, we were calling the pit boss Bob. And he goes, yeah. I said, did you look at his name badge? And he goes, no. Why? So look at his name badge. He looks up, and he goes, holy shit, his name is Bob. That's fucking hilarious. That's funny, right? That's a funny story. True story. Um, that was a long time ago. I haven't thought about that in a long time. That was the first time I went back in after California banned smoking everywhere in public. I went into the casino and thought it was on fire. Because the casino was downstairs and everything else was upstairs. And we got we checked in. It was in the snow. It was a great time in Tahoe. We drove up there with we're drinking beer the whole way and had to get out. And we had a garbage can full of beer cans. We had to get out at the rest stop, throw those away. 
because we had so much beer that we were drinking. We were driving up, meeting my wife who was flying. She was flying up. She was in Arizona, and she was flying back. So instead of picking her up at the airport down in Oakland by our houses, we said, we're going to Tahoe. Get, so so book your flight to Tahoe. We'll pick you up, and we've got a room. And we're going to go up there for the weekend and get shit-faced and gamble. And she said, fuck, yeah, good idea. So instead of meeting us there, she meet us, She flew into the airport up in Reno. And we went up to Reno. So it wasn't Tahoe. It was actually Reno. So we went up to Reno, picked her up, and, and drove up in an SUV. And we, we loaded up with a bunch of uh, beer, and we just drank the entire way up, which was illegal. We were all drinking, driving. Uh, so we'd get out every every now and then. We'd get out and throw all the beer cans away and then go to a liquor store and buy more and start driving. And we never got pulled over. We never got busted. We were hammered by the time we got there. She's like, have you guys been driving drunk in the snow? We're like, yep. <laughs> she was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, but she got in the van with us, or van. She got in the SUV with us anyway, and it was ours. It was his SUV, big, huge Ford Bronco. In fact, it was so high, so jacked up. We're cowboys. We're in cowboy house boots. We going into the parking garage. He had to lower the suspension. He had he was able to he had to he was able to do that because he had run into that problem. So it was jacked up so high four wheeler that he had to literally turn on the machine and press the button and lower the entire uh, thing down on hydraulics to fit into the freaking uh, uh, under you know to fit into the, the parking garage without knocking over all the lights and signs. Not a joke. Jacked. It was still so jacked up, we had to close the sunroof. We had to open the sunroof so we could see out of it and close the sunroof to the outside and then literally sit there and inspect. I had my face right up against the glass to see if the sunroof was going to hit the, the lights as we drove under them because we couldn't lower. The, we we're going to have to let air out of the tires or park on the road. That's what we had a huge, huge uh, jacked up, big old four-wheel drive with big old redneck tires and we had cowboy hats on and boots and the whole nines anyway but yeah then we sat there and they were giving us free drinks trying to get us hammered and giving us free food and comped us all kinds of shit and comped our rooms because we were high rollers but we cost them thousands of dollars and i don't know how much all we took home more than ten thousand dollars so all the other people around us probably did close to that but his name was bob funny story okay so now there i was off on a little bit of a tangent so i apologize because i had nothing to do really with the law of one Okay, but you have to realize, guys, that a lot of most of the people that are having anxiety and doing crazy shit, nefarious people uh, are trying to check out. Some of them aren't ready yet to make a decision, and they're already uh, in service to self. Those people are killing people and committing suicide, and they don't. They some of them know what they're doing and why they're doing it, and some of them don't. But the but what they're doing is their their soul is evil and they've already chosen to be evil. So they're murdering people, family members, wives, kids, and then killing themselves in a murder suicide. Because then when they graduate, they're trying to graduate and, and leave and not come back and move up to the next level on the evil side. Okay. And then you have some people that are killing themselves because they're they don't know what's going on. They're not ready to make a decision. They're freaking out and they just want to die so they can start over. And, and that's, you know, my sister was kind of in that place. She was suicidal a few days ago. And she's like, maybe I'd just be better off to kill myself. I'm like, why? So that you can start all over. So you won't be born into this family. You won't have the people around you that you have around you now. You'll go and then you'll recycle and you might be born in a, in a country that is not as free as America. What if you're born in the third world 
and then you're raped and beaten your whole entire life. Is that what you want to do? You want to start over in an area that could be worse? You were born in America. If you were born in a white nation, especially in Europe or America or Canada, that's the most privileged places on the face of the earth to be born in. That's the truth of that, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. So if you were born in an American or a Canadian or, or, you know, in Sweden, Norway, Finland, anywhere in those countries, the truth is that you have it better than anywhere else on the face of the earth. Honestly. It, you do. If, if, if you're born in Australia, even there now, even with the, uh, the lockdowns in Canada, with the lockdowns, you still have it better than you were if you were born in China, especially if you were a Uyghur in China or if you're born in, in Honduras. You know what I mean? Central America somewhere or South America in some places, uh, you know, or over in, in uh, if you were born in, in, in Iran, Korea, North Korea. You see my point? There are, there are worse places off. Most of the world is a worse place than this one. Right. So I tell people that are like, I think I should just kill myself. You, you really don't. You should go. How about just drive down to Tijuana, hang out down there. If you survive about three or four days, when you come home, it'll change your fucking attitude about your little peddly ass bullshit you think's going on in your life. It's so fucking bad that you want to kill yourself over. Okay. And I hate to say that to people. And I didn't say that to my sister, but I did say, if you kill yourself, you're going to start all over. And what if you were born into a country that's crap? You're not going to have me. I'm not going to be there to help you. I'm not going to have, you know what I mean? Right. I believe that Sweden is, is, is beautiful. It's because you guys don't put up with bullshit there. Right. And that's like when people went to Japan, there was a woman on TV today, uh, yesterday. She said, cause they were showing a video that was happening in Japan. And she said, look how clean the streets are in Japan. She says, one of the things that I, I went to Japan and I couldn't believe how beautiful it is there and how clean it is. Cause they don't put up with bullshit. Like here in America where people just toss their fucking shit out on the ground. They don't put up with that. When I went to Arizona, when I moved to Arizona, I was like, oh, my fucking God. And my wife was like, yeah, I know, huh? And I'm like, there is no garbage anywhere in Arizona on the streets. She's like, none. They don't put up with it. They have more pride in themselves, and they don't put up with it. If you if you throw some shit out, people report your ass, and you get fined a lot of fucking money. And your job is to go pick up garbage. It's not like in California. California is a fucking pit. So is so is New York. So is L.A. Right? You get into these places where these guys are running. I hate to say it because I'm going to trigger some people because you might be a Democrat. You might have a D after your name. I don't associate with that religion. So when people say, you know, what 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 letter do you have after your name? I say, oh. They're like, oh, what party is that? Now that means son of. It means bloodline of. O apostrophe N E I L L. The O means son of. It's like it's like Ahmed, you know, Ibn Fahalan, Ibn Rashid, Ibn Al Abbas. Ibn means son of. And that's an Arab version of uh, Mick or the or the Mick means son. <laughs> Mac means son in in Gaelic and in Gaelic. Okay, the O means son of or bloodline of. So when people go, uh, you are you you a Democrat or a Republican? I'm neither one of those. I don't buy into that religion. So I don't associate with any one of those those religious parties. Well, they're politics. That's not religion. Yeah, it is. It's a religion. And the problem is you don't realize that it is a religion. It's a religion of the people who believe in it. Right? Yeah, Arizona is so clean, right? Casey said that. I noticed that about Arizona. Beautiful. I mean, when you get into Phoenix, you can find some, but not in nearly that much. The only places where you find is like you'll go to like a rural area and there'll be one hillbilly's house that'll be a trash you know, five, six cars in the front lawn, that kind of shit. Otherwise, the highways, the streets, fucking perfect. 
There's no weeds. There's no overgrowth. Everything's perfect. Most of it's rock anyway because they don't grow plants there because it's the middle of the desert. But they, they, but they do have some. Right? There's a lot of greenery, more than people realize. But it's beautiful. It's clean. There's a reason for that. People have pride there because the, the local city governments, county governments, the state governments have pride. Right? So, yeah, the sun, Arizona, that's the, Saul is their, uh, is their uh, flag. Is on, the sun is on the flag. Um, that was my screensaver on my phone until I changed it to, to the chakras. And now you guys will be seeing it behind me. I have the same uh, uh, chakras and the person meditating. I, I'm going to put up on the wall. I have it. I bought it over two months ago, and I still haven't put it up. Eventually, when I have the camera on me, you're going to see it. Let me turn on the camera so you, so you guys can see what I'm talking about here. Let me put me back on the screen here. And unshare that because I'm going to be done here in a minute. But, yeah, if you guys look behind me, let me unshare my screen here. Stop sharing. There. So back there behind me. That is all going to be, uh, I'm going to take down that picture frame and the shit that's on the wall there. And that is going to be uh, a, a big, huge banner that I have that is a person sitting in the lotus position. And I don't remember if it's a male or female or an androgynous person. And having the chakras going all the way up from the root all the way up. Um, so that's what's going to be behind me as soon as I get off my lazy button and get it off the dining room table and, and put it up. And the, but that eventually will be back there. I just have to do it. But I have to climb on my bed to do it, right? And so I'm like, all right, should I move the bed or should I just step up on the bed and walk over there and do it? I'm like, I just need to bite the bullet and just get up there and hang it. Toot, toot, done. Right? So you guys will probably see me next week. It'll probably be there. You'll be like, what is that? There it is. Those of you who are on to this year, you'll know that. Or this week, you'll go, that's he did say he was going to have it up. So I'll get it up there eventually. Right? Took my hat off, too. You can see my, my growing bald head. That's going fast in the last five years. I had far more hair on my head five years ago than I do now. Uh, but I guess that goes with gray, right? Gray hair. People who transmute, and then I'm growing my beard back now. Growing the goatee back. People who transmit, transmute energy go gray quickly. I said that about like uh, witches and warlocks. And then people, I tell them, give me a I'll show you somebody, or magic user, and I'll show you somebody who dyes their hair. Because that just makes you go gray. Okay, so... It is after seven, so I'm gonna have to get off here. But I know I went off a little bit, went for fun there, talking about sex, and then talking about um, my escapades, gambling, and Tahoe and Reno, and the you know Bob, right? You guys could, I think it's still you can Google it. It'd be in the butt, Bob. Um, I think you can still Google that. And it was old. You'll see, it's from the '70s, right? It was I was a little boy, and I never saw that episode. But when we got older in our twenties. Uh, it was it ended up on reruns on YouTube, so we saw it on YouTube and laughed. And next thing you know, we were, they either watched it on a rerun or they were watching YouTube. Either way, somebody found it. It was funny and it caught on, and everybody's we all call each other Bob, even the women. Hi Bob, hey Bob, how you doing, Bob? Bob, 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 Bob. Hi Bob. You know, it's just all, everybody called each other Bob. I mean, still do it. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while now that I'm divorced. So, uh, I'll have to ask her if he still calls everybody Bob. I bet he does. Gonna be something that would him and his friends and you know, his family going to the whole generation call each other Bob, right? Right? Yeah. Read my read my comment above, Bob. Which one? What did you say? Phoenix really surprised me. Is that what the one you're talking about? They they take pride. Yeah. Was it that you were talking about? Yes, I agree. Phoenix is uh, it was surprising when you hear about Phoenix because they they talk about Phoenix like it's a pit, gang gangland USA, and you go to Phoenix and it's not really that. There are gangs, right? There's crime. But it's not really all further up. 
further up. I noticed that about Arizona, further up than that. <laughs> Hold on. Let me go for, further up than that. Let me see where I can see. I don't see it. It says, let me read my comment above. I see Phoenix, and then above that I see you. I noticed that about Arizona. Are you talking about above that? Let me see if there's something above that. I don't see anything. That would be, a, oh, that would be in the butt, Bob, right? So you, yeah, okay. That's funny. I'd be in the butt, Bob. That's what she was talking about. Further up, I'd be in the butt, Bob. She got a bunch of uh, laughing babies. So yeah, and that's what that's what she said. They'd be in the butt, Bob. And so that's funny. So okay, I was gonna get a sexual thing, and I decided not to. If Ariel was here. Okay, so so you you have to realize that a lot of the problems that people are having, mental problems that are arising in people now are directly related to the stresses of being stuck as long as they have been and us forcing this to happen the way it's happening okay us forcing this this uh, graduation to happen uh we're, there's going to be some people that are going to be collateral damage because they're not ready they can't graduate okay so those people are going to have to be moved to another planet where third dimensional life uh, will take them so they can be born into that. I may have to go. Something's happening. I need to figure out what's going on. Um, so, I'm, oh, I know what's happening. My mother is closing the curtains because it's dark and I didn't do it. So she's over there closing the, the uh, blinds. I heard something. I was like, what is that? My brain was going, blinds going down. Okay. <laughs> so, Oh, so oh, so you guys actually would say that to each other all the time. So you guys do say you guys said that too. Are are you kidding me? So you guys must know somehow. You must know my my in laws then because either that or that's weird that you guys would say that to each other. Be in the butt, Bob. That that's actually the uh, that's funny. Read my comment above about butt about butt, Bob. Oh, so you're saying you you actually you and your family actually said that to one another too. See, that's hilarious. Where is that above that? Let me go above that and see what you said. Oh, I can't believe that both of our families uh, uh, still use that same joke all the time. Oh, so you really, oh, okay, that's funny as shit. I didn't know that you, wow, small world. So that means that your family saw the same video that my family saw and then laughed about it. So at some point, our families may have known each other, right, or been cousins of each other. And, the, and either that or it just happens to be that we saw the same video and then went, that'd be in the butt, Bob, and and ran with it because everybody saw it at some point, right? And so that was a funny thing that people were passing around. Uh, and it goes back to 20 or 30 years ago now when it started being passed around. The, the show itself was like 45 or 50 years old. That's freaking hilarious. And yeah, we still use that joke. That'd be in the butt, Bob. See, so it's not just me. Well, I'm not just crazy. There's there's Casey. That means that her herself and her family Somewhere back in the day, someone saw that and they used that joke and they talk about that. And that's where and that's where we started calling each other Bob. And I've, we've been doing that uh, for 25, almost 30 years, calling everybody in the family Bob, both sides, back and forth. Everybody calling each other Bob. And that goes back to around then. So the show aired in the 70s, which was like 50 years ago. Right. <laughs> so so that's crazy. This there's other people. I wonder how many other people are like us that say that. That'd be in the butt, Bob. And people were like, what the fuck is that from? Not knowing that that's a joke that it was literally on television here in the United States. And some girl said, when they said, where was the strangest place you ever made whoopee or made whoopee whoopee? And she says, that'd be in the butt, Bob. She leaned forward, too. I've seen the video. She leans forward. And she's like eating the microphone. That'd be in the butt, Bob. 
it's hilarious. And everybody laughed. The crowd went wild. The the announcer was embarrassed that she said that. And uh, oh my God, that's so funny. That'd be in the butt, Bob. Okay. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it's 4.30 in the morning for you, isn't it? So, you know, uh, and, and uh, hopefully I won't go on so long to make you miss, the, you know, to stay up until 4.30 in the morning. All right. So, um, you have to realize that mental anguish for people that are having problems. I, I always, in my head, I, I say the words that Jesus said on the cross, right? God, forgive them or father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. So I look at people that have problems and I don't, I don't try to give them an out and blame society, but it is society's problem. Um, but it's not their fault. It's not their fault that something is happening to them because they were forced to be stuck here, right? So we have to help them. It's just like the children are stuck. When you become aware of it, then as an adult, it's kind of your responsibility to try and help the children. Unless, of course, you're in service to others or in service to self, then you don't care. If you're in service to others, then you will do the right thing. So it's the same thing. Helping people that have mental issues, they, they if you can get them to realize giving them the tools to realize that their mental problems are not as bad as the doctors will have you believe and that want to just prescribe you big pharma drugs, that it's actually repairable and it's not something that is a, 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 a you know, mental disorder or a necessarily a chemical imbalance. Chemical imbalances, it's like saying the IQ is a definite thing. And when we know the, the truth is, the IQ is based on the fact that nobody is over the age mentally or maturity level of 18 years of age, but that you get smarter with age and wisdom. So your IQ goes up when you learn things. Does that change the chemical composition of your brain and make it somehow more powerful? No. Okay. But it changes the chemical composition of your spiritual mind and your spiritual thinking because you learn things. And so you become smarter. So it's the same thing when you become spiritual your life changes. And that's why a lot of people are going through divorces and having problems because they're with the wrong person because they've started to wake up and they realize the person that they're with doesn't want to have any part of that. And you didn't know that when you were asleep and you were in love with them and had children with them or whatever. And now all of a sudden you're leaving them behind and becoming the adult and they're not. And that's the truth of what happens. Right? And that's what ruined my marriage. Now my, my ex-wife is is starting to wake up and and you know and and now we're divorced and she's off with her life doing something else but the the whole reason why she wouldn't be stay with me is because i do this and she was like i can't share you with the world not a joke i refuse she was too busy being about herself and not able to share me and she's like you don't have enough time to give to one person only i'm like i do i do but i can't give you 24 7 because I have to help the world. That's why I came here. So why would I do that? Come here to help people and then not help them because I want to just be with you. I'm like, what makes you better than the entire world that would suggest to me that I should abandon all hope for everybody here? Well, someone else will do it. That thinking got us into this. That thinking got us into this. Someone else will help them, I'm sure. 150 to 175,000 years later, this earth is still stuck. 
because everybody was thinking someone else will surely do something. Think about that. What if you're wrong? What if none of this matters and what you tell these people doesn't matter at all? If I help one human and myself, that's two of us. I love you guys. Have a great night. I will see you next week. All right. Sleep tight. <laughs> to Jeanette, she's probably already gone. It's 4.30 in the morning. I got to go, man. Hopefully she'll be back next week and I won't talk so long. She won't have to stay up so late or so early. All right, guys. Have a great night.